Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Signal of Doom. It's episode 300, where the mighty Spartans facing the nameless hordes of the Persian Empire. I'm Dave, I'm here in the bunker, deep in the swamp. Rich is here. Rich, how are you going? Uh, hoping to fare better than the 300 Spartans. No, to die gloriously, to die for honour. That's your fate in life, Richard. I'd throw you in there amongst the Spartans. You'd, you'd enjoy yourself. Um... Thankfully, thankfully for me, I actually don't live by their code, so I'm quite happy to leave you. Oh, dear. I and dry. Uh, traitor. Um, well, that's that's a shame, Richard, that you've made these comments so, you know, early in the piece. Uh, we've oh, also... We appreciated you being such a mercenary. No, man. You've you got to be in it to win it, man. Like, they're, you know, facing the hordes, uh, the hot gates. Uh, we've got uh, Connor... Fresh from his victories at Last Sons of Krypton, his Iron Fist podcast. Connor, how are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's good to hear, hear your voice, Connor, for you to be back on a big episode 300. And you, I have an interest in Greek and especially Roman history, but I know you're quite the Greek scholar. Am I correct? Uh, I would have. I mean, if scholar means. It. You have no qualifications, and it's just a hobby. Yeah, that's what uh, it means, Dave. Yeah, right. Okay, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Well, yeah, man. Like you don't need a fucking degree to learn about the Greek. You know, like, I don't know if it was an empire, but whatever you want to call it, facing off against the Persians at the yeah, hot well, gates. I um, <laughs> you know, I've I've been reading through the history of Greece for a few years now, right? And I'm actually, funnily enough, I'm just before. Uh, the Greco-Persian Wars. So, right. well, uh, but I, I do know a little bit about it. Oh, I know um, enough. I know enough. I've watched the Three Hundred Spartans. I've read Three Hundred. I've watched the movie. I read a bit in high school. I'm, I'm, I'm an expert. Rich, agree? <laughs> I'm there. Uh, sure. Yeah. Let, let's agree. Let's, All let's right. Let, let's let's start off the Three Hundredth episode. Now, the first thing I want to do is, firstly, thank you to both of you for being on, Rich. As always, thank you for being my batting partner, facing the tough deliveries. A lot of talk goes on that Rich doesn't always agree with Connor. He has to go down a lot of routes, alien routes, which uh, take him out of his comfort zone. But, Rich, thank you very much for your efforts. Uh, 300 episodes, man. I think you've been doing over 150 of them. I think we did the math. Someone did the math, not me, but someone did the math. You will be forever welcome. Yeah, and um, so Rich has put a great effort in. Connor... You, at one point, were an official co-host, I recall, for 10 or 20 shows, something like yeah. that. Yeah. You kind of came in, bit of a, bit of a, bit of a you know, hit, hit, and, hit and run guy and um, put in some <laughs> great episodes. I remember we had a great episode about Star Trek um, mm. that I really enjoyed. Was it the episode where they go back to the 30s or something? Uh, yes, the City on the Edge of Forever. We did the episode and the trade. That's right, Harlan, Harlan Ellison's original trade. Yeah. Uh, you want something trippy. Um, Harlan Ellison, before he died, and not that long before he died, recorded like an audio book of that. So it was like, it huh. was, 
It was, so it's basically the script, I guess, for his original script uh, for City on the Edge of Forever, which we which was adapted into the comic book that we that we did. Yeah, but he he anyway he's he was nuts. So he recorded like a, a long. I mean, he has a reputation that he was always a real, you know, firebrand. Um, he records like a sort of spoken word monologue uh, about the whole history of this writing this damn episode. And oh he, I God. mean, oh, dude, he's crazy. Like, and he's also old, so he's like running out of breath and mm. losing his temper. Like, he's a grumpy old man. But I mean, it's entertaining for you know, like. Just to, to sort of sit there with your popcorn, and you're just thinking, God, you really worked up over an episode of Star Trek from like 45, 50 years ago. Like, and he, the thing is, he got his vindication. They published it and yes, sold it. You know, but that so, didn't make I mean, him happy. Not even that made him happy. Yeah, I mean, this, this, he was determined to stick as many knives into as many people as possible. Like, hardly anyone was unscathed at the end of his uh, diatribe. But an interesting guy and a brilliant guy, just also a bit crazy, oh, yeah. you know. Like, just a bit I mean, nuts. like uh, the uh, I mean, his his version did some stuff better, but I still think the episode overall is better great. than the yeah. original script. It's, uh, it's a great episode. I mean, considering yeah. the, the time period and um, you know the constraints of budgets, and you know, I mean, it wasn't CGI then, but whatever you want to call it, whatever the effects were, like, I mean, it was it was so primitive you know compared to what you could do now but as an episode like i judge it on the story and it's a great mm. episode and actually you have encouraged me i've been checking out some star trek episodes and i think we've got one to talk about here um yes. going back i'm realizing how strong a lot of those original series episodes are yeah i mean the the show obviously sometimes doesn't hold up quite as well but i think in general it holds up and that's also oh. because we don't have Every, every, like it's still a case of every time we look to the future these days, it's always a pessimistic vision, mm, sure. and it's never really that thoughtful. Like it is sometimes, mm. but uh, you know the original Star Trek was afraid of being like optimistic and thought provoking, and you know mm. like inspiring mm. uh, with its characters coming together and stuff instead of this. Oh, the Federation is Fox News now, and you know. Yeah, it's like I, I yeah. definitely, it definitely holds up for the first two seasons. I think the third. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Kind of when they, but I think why people it resonates with people so long is that the, the original Star Trek was, if you think about it, it was a celebration of humans. Um, yeah, at, at what we could become, how uh, we could overcome our differences, our separate, you know, our separations and work, and then. In a sense, we we're still learning lessons, but we're learning it from like an outside source. Uh, it's not necessarily our issues or problems. You know what I mean? Like it, it as I said, it's if you look at Star Trek now, it's like it's still petty. It's like now mm -hmm. we haven't learned our lessons. It's all you know, as, as you say, pessimistic. But I love the original sh show because the original show is very optimistic, especially about the human sort of race mm. and 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 culture and all that. Like that, that we are better in the future and it's not that yeah. they're perfect like there's plenty of shenanigans on the enterprise that shows the humans aren't perfect but the society is a lot more as you say kind of optimistic what's the word like idealistic or something like it's it, it, it is a it is a much brighter vision of the future than is depicted these days and, and probably and it, yeah. more than you know in most sci-fi it's brighter than most sci-fi really i mean 
Uh, even in Next Generation, it's still pretty bright in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's, I think it's like Deep Space Nine, it starts to darken a lot. You know, they kind of become a lot more murky, the, the subplots and stuff. They, um, um, I mean, they, they dealt with, like, contemporary issues of the time and things like, I don't know, like, racism and all that sort of stuff. But they, they did it through the lens of, like, they're looking at alien cultures doing that. You know, like, yeah. they didn't have their own... Uh, yeah, like the Federation was doing it. For doing what we used to do. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, like, <clears throat> we, we had gone beyond that and now we were kind of helping yeah. show people like a better way, which is, again, it's, is refreshing. <laughs> it's interesting yeah. because, like, you, you guys are, you, I mean, you're hitting it on the head, but I remember in one of the next gen movies, the best one, First Contact, the one where, um, Oh, God, something happens. Like, something happens. Of course, something happens. The Borg is in it. But anyway, at the very end, it's all about the first contact between the humans and the aliens and stuff. And at the very end, the, the, Vulcans, hu- yeah. the Vulcans, yeah, the humans are fucked up, but then the Vulcans come down at the very end, and it's kind of like that's the e- entrance into the Federation and a brighter vision of the future starts to form. I'm not describing it well, but I remember that's basically towards the end of the film. Now, my point is... Isn't it interesting that stuff like Discovery and even Picard, which is a follow-on from Next Gen, from what I've heard, and I've, I've only watched a bit of Discovery, and I do want to watch Picard, but I've heard Picard, the Federation, is not sort of like uh, a good a good entity anymore. It's kind don't, of... Don't even get me started on this crap. Like, it's... You know, you have the idiot that was responsible for Star Trek Into Darkness. He still has the reins. On the franchise for JJ? some reason. JJ? No, uh, Alex Kurtzman. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he's a complete moron. Right. Um, he's, ju- he's just not suited to Star Trek at all, and for some reason he still has the job, and it's more... Like, it just doesn't resemble what it was at all. It's, like, a completely different... It's interesting, Everyone though. Like, yeah. upwards these days. It's amazing. Yeah. It's interesting because, like... Um, I mean, I'm I'm a next-gen fanatic. Like, I've, I've watched next-gen, you know, I've seen every episode... I saw all the movies, even the bad ones, and I'm not sitting here, and I like Patrick Stewart, and I'm not sitting here going, man, I need to watch Picard. Like, somewhere along the way, they've lost a lot of their viewers, their older kind of fans, you know, like, whatever they're doing. When I heard heard that it's, like, really serious, and and the Federation's, like, um, like, evil now, I'm like, what? Like this is That's a thing. even alternate? even in next generation. Next generation was was certainly drier mm. than uh, original. But even Picard, he he was great. He he didn't you know he believed in the Federation. He believed totally. in the betterment of humans. And then you get to Picard, and it's like, yeah, he's disillusioned. He hates everything. Everything is mm. is is evil. It's wrong. It's it's you know. And you're like, that's not the future that we were. T- Did something? <laughs> you know I mean? Have either of you watched any of it? Like at all? I saw the first three episodes. So and is I there some it. reason for why the Federation's gone that way, or is it just like in the last 20 years it's gone downhill kind of thing? Is that the story? Uh, well, I, I didn't really go into it in the first three that I watched. But, yeah, it's basically like it, the problem with the, the current Star Trek, it's, it's, an all, it's all an allegory for 2016. Yeah. Like, it, it's all it is. So, right. you know, Picard is like, oh, the Federation, it's changed. You know, new leadership has come in and now it's, you know, it's selfish and evil and 
right. and racist, then you're like, oh, okay, I get what you, you know. It, Wasn't it, some it, of it supposed to be sort of paralleling to Trump, which was who was yeah, president? Yeah, that's what I mean. Absolutely. It was, it was yeah. definitely like all reactionary to 2016. As, as a lot of TV became right. after 2016, it all became sort of reactionary to. And you can, like, you can make Star Trek about stuff like that, but you can do it in an intelligent way, in a way that, like, the show's still good and still feels like Star Trek, but they're just so dumb. All they know how to do is, like, throw their feces at the wall like they're monkeys and just, like, write a show that's basically not even Star Trek. Yeah, well, it's they just... have no nuance. Like, they are literally yeah, exactly. a hammer and they see us as a nail and they've got to hammer their point home. Yeah. Yeah, it's um yeah, I, I agree. Well, Jesus, like I was gonna start watching Picard guys, you really turned me off it. Um, uh, no, do it. Do it so you can No, I will like, I, I am gonna check some of it. I mean I love Patrick Stewart. I, I've w I'll watch Patrick Stewart, you know, read through the phone book. So uh, I just I also heard in the new series that the next gen crew members come back and stuff, which I'm like, good. I mean I don't where the fuck were they, like, for two seasons, you know? Uh, they, they oh. some of them showed up. Riker surely Riker's been in it, has he? Yeah. Good. Uh, is, he, um, is he out in space? Is he doing... Is it like... like I, I'm trying to sound stupid, but I haven't watched it. Has he got a starship, and is he out doing next-gen things, or is he, like, in an office? No, I believe he's the captain of a ship, isn't he? Or okay, he is. Okay. Or, right. I don't know. He, I've got to watch it. I've got to watch it, guys, because I, I've heard so many people talking about it, and I'm so confused by, like, you know, what it is. I'm just like... At a certain point, I'm like, Dave, you've just got to watch this thing and judge for yourself. Well, they, they dropped the F-bomb in the first episode. Really? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like the oh. when he's being interviewed by the Fox News lady uh, because right. yeah. he, sa he saved the Romulans when the Federation wouldn't. Right. So, so yeah, he drops the F-bomb? Yeah. No, it's the interviewer. Oh. oh gee, I, and, I mean, that's... I guess they, it's... A, oh, it's an all-new adult Star Trek kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it's just... It, it's, I don't know. It's kind of juvenile, and I don't know if there's like an ego aspect involved. That's that's the territory where it's just. Can I just say really that, that's something that bothers me is that they still using the f bomb, like, like, sure. like that. Sometimes, like you know, like you appreciate something like Legion of Superheroes and all that, where they mm. create new swear words. Or, or dread, dread does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Well, you know, if you're going to build a world and you're going to set in the future, you can't go. Oh well, I'm sure. Like you know, fucking three hundred years from now, people mm. are still running around saying you know, fuck this and fuck that. It's like, no, they wouldn't. The language mm. would have changed and evolved and slang would have, mm. you know, words and meanings would have changed. And so, and that shows you how lazy they are, which is why the original Star Trek never, you know, really had any, like, swearing and all that. Well, stuff. they were, like, G-rated or PG as well. No, but I'm just saying. It, I'm, it, it, I, yeah. As I said, I feel like it dates you. If you're dropping the F-bomb in Star Trek, that really mm. dates your Star Trek, yeah. in my opinion. It also makes me feel like they're trying too hard to be kind of, like, hip- you know, like it's like, oh, gee, Star Trek's getting really controversial. I mean, it's something they started in in um, Discovery. Really? Yeah, Discovery is where they started sort of dropping f bombs. Uh, uh, that had a couple of f bombs. It feels really out of like, and I, 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 I'm not a censor guy. You know, I'm not a, I'm not like, like let's censor the internet or let's censor. The, but that just feels out of place for Star Trek to me. I mean, again, this is the guy who did. Like, I mean, along with J.J. Abrams, the first two Star Trek movies, which are just not Star Trek, mm. you know, like the first two uh, rebooted Kelvin films. I yeah, yeah, say. yeah, big time. Like, yeah. they're not. Yeah. Yeah, they just, the you have Kirk and Spock, but they're not really Kirk I, and Spock. I actually, yeah. I really hate that second one. I actually quite like the first one for, in a sense. I, like, the first one wasn't perfect, but it, it had yeah. potential. 
like but, it, yeah. Yeah. it was like a, it could have been a good stepping stone to like you know we're still feeling it we're still trying to you know create the characters but also make them new and fresh so you know you're always willing to kind of like go okay well you know it wasn't bad i'll give you the first movie you got to really impress me with the second one but no <laughs> no the second one stank bad um real real bad actually I, I watched the third one the other day and i did say to you connor that i didn't mind it um i yeah know. look i only out of all those i only got the third one because that's the only one that even felt like yeah, well, that's, that's the one that I thought was a bit sort of better than the rest. But even then, it was not, like, that great. You know, like, Yeah, but it, I, I enjoyed it. I yeah. thought it was nice to see the characters acting like the characters. Yes. And it was the nice... It felt know, like a decent episode to me. Yeah, exactly. It just felt with like an a big budget, episode. You know, with a really yeah. big budget. And I was like, oh, that's the, you know, I actually was like, well, this is kind of what I like with Star Trek, you know, for a movie. Like, I'm like, yeah, good, give me this, you know? Um... Now, that's an entree to our Star Trek discussion, <laughs> gang. Now, I do also want to say, a list of thank yous before we get too deep. I want to thank all the guests who've come onto the show, um, you know, both uh, to guest co-hosts, like guys like Connor and Ray, and, you know, we've had Tash, we've had many people come on, Adam the Computer, um, there's been lots of people, Jimmy. Also, the guests that have come on to be interviewed by me, because I think being interviewed by me is always an experience. And... Um, so guys like Chuck Dixon and Mike Barrow, my first two guests, and I was so nervous uh, when I interviewed them the first time, and they've become just wonderful guests and friends, and they've been on the show many times. I don't even know how many times Chuck's been on, but a lot. But we've had a lot of good guests. Um, always a pleasure. Uh, there'll be more coming on this year. Um, I'm interviewing Roy Thomas tomorrow, actually, guys. Mm. Um, and I've got the biographer of Gardner Fox lined up, and I've got other people lined up as well. Ed Greenwood's confirmed he's coming back. Uh, we did three and a half hours on Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. Well, certainly a lot to talk about now since then. Mm. Oh, Dogs. yeah, good point, Rich. Yeah, good point, Rich. For a second, I was confused. I was like, why is it? And then I remember that it's in the news for this week, yeah. Um, yeah, and, <laughs> and just a great guy, though, as well. Like, not a guy, you know, some guys... You know, you know me. I'm Lois Lane. I love a story, but you know, sometimes I just want to, I want to wander down the halls of the great man's mind uh, of creating the Forgotten Realms, playing his games and stuff. So he's uh, confirmed, and we've got other people, um, you know, kind of lined up that I'm chatting to as well. Um, some interesting, interesting guests um, that are coming out. So I want to say thank you to all those people, and thank you to every single co-host who's come on. Oh, and we can't forget Stu. I mean, God, my God, Stuart did. <laughs> He did, like, I would say, probably as many episodes as you, Rich, or roughly. Uh, he definitely did 100, I remember. And so thank you to him. I, and... Whatever you say, I still don't, to this day, know how many I've done. So, Well, someone counted it uh, for us. Um, I even forget who. It wasn't Feels Adam. Feels like 10. It wasn't Adam the computer. <laughs> um, but it was, it was, maybe it was, it was Michael Kellishim, I think. Yeah, and, and also thank you to all the letter writers who write in, like the Michael Kellishims. He's given us so much material like every show, something. And, you know, Mitchell, uh, plenty of people like that. Ronald Acosta, too many names to mention, but I, I thank you all. Now, I have a... Oh, I also want to do a quick tribute to one of the greatest songwriters in history. Uh, but Bacharach uh, sadly passed away this week. Uh, a wonderful, wonderful artist. So many wonderful songs. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Um, and so many good songs, and I mean, so sad when someone of that caliber passes away. Uh, you guys, Burt Bacharach fans, are uh, rich? Can you see in there in the car with a bit of Burt Bacharach tinkling away on the on the piano? 
No, I certainly admire the man, but I've never actually listened to his music that much. It's not something that comes on the radio that often, or even on when I just put on a random playlist. Yeah, if you opt in, my carrot does. Fair enough. I I had an Earth, Wind & Fire playlist going there. That's not bad. That's pretty good stuff, Rich. Rich is, you're quite the rocker, aren't you, Rich? Like a little bit disco. I do do like my 70s disco. Yeah, man. I can imagine you back in the 70s in the club doing the big dancing moves. Uh, uh, yes, yes. In my dad's ball sack, you mean. Sat- sat- <laughs> uh, Saturday Night Fever, man, if you were back there in those days. Uh, actually, my dad was big into disco. Was he? He had a lot of LPs and all that sort of stuff, so that's why I sort of grew up just listening to a lot of disco. I love it. It's a good time. Uh, Connor, but Baccarat, familiar with him? You're a younger guy. No, not familiar with him until oh. I saw him in the notes. What the world needs now. If, do you know the, the Carpenter song, um, They Long to Be Close to You? That's one of his songs. Arthur, yeah. Arthur's theme. No. Oh, he, was a, he, was a, I, he, he was definitely a um, – he had a lot more hits with other people because he was a songwriter. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he, he was the one – he orchestrated it all and did the piano everything. And Hal David was his writing partner for the bulk of his career. Um do you know the way? Do you know the way to San Jose? You know that one, Connor. Do you know the way to San Jose? Uh, no, I mean it, odds are I might have heard some of his music, but I say a little prayer, say a little prayer for me. Um, anyway, he had a lot of he had a lot of hits, probably out of your age range, uh, Connor. Kind of the stuff that my parents would listen to, my mum especially. But of course, you know me, I do like that cheesy sixties, don't I, Rich? <laughs> you sir. Yeah. My parents are pretty young, so... Yeah, no idea. You're just too young yeah. for this conversation, really. Like, um, you're my dad's age. Thank you. Literally, so... <laughs> me, me or Rich? Yeah. yeah. No, you. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. How old am I? Me, I'd be worried. How old am I? 48. 48. Yeah, I'm 48. 49 this year. Oh, no, you're, you're a year younger then. Oh, there you go. I've got a year, year on him. Good. Um, but anyway, so I want to say uh, what a wonderful artist and... Um, if anyone was going to listen to something later, he did a really good album with Elvis Costello in the late 90s called Painted by Memory. Brilliant. Um, now, anyway, moving away from that, I have a quiz for you two. It's, it's oh, a, it's a yeah. one-question quiz, and I'm just going to ask you a question. Now, it's relating to Booster Gold, and I know Rich is quite the Booster Gold fan, um, well, I'm at a disadvantage, obviously. Oh, you, you you don't know much about Mister Gold? You may struggle with. I mean, I've I've read when he showed up in Superbad. That's about it. Okay. Well, anyway, okay. Let's see if either of you get it. Uh, you can both have guesses, and I'll tell you the answer. And you, and you can guess, like guys. There's no prize. Uh, no, I was going to say I'll electrocute the one who gets it wrong, but I won't. Um, okay. Now, here's <laughs> it's a Mister Gold question. Who in the DC universe? Is Booster Gold's son? Do you know? Oh, uh, it's Rip Hunter. Correct, Richard. Uh, oh, yeah, Rick Hunter, Time Master or something. Is it? Isn't now? R.I.P. Not Rick. Rip. 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 Rip, yeah. <laughs> now, I didn't know this either. Now, I don't know, Connor, if you've ever seen any of the CW, like Legends of Tomorrow. No, I know oh. of it. Yeah. Well, he was the guy who who captains the ship. He's kind of like a time traveler, isn't he, Rich? No. Basically. I know who Rip uh, Hunter is. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so Rip Hunter being Booster Gold's son was something Jeff Johns did in the oh. uh, in the Booster Gold series that they did after Fifty Two. Oh, really? Uh, is that when it came from? Okay. So that was a bit of a not not necessarily a retcon because no one knew who Rip Hunter was. That was the whole like Rip Hunter being a Time Master. No one knew what, who their past 
what their past mm. were because that's how people don't know when they were born. So Rapunt is not his real name, obviously. That's his fake name. His no stage name. He just kind of used that as, a, you know, he was like, oh, that would make it interesting if I make that his son and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, that was Jeff Johns uh, in the uh, 52. Okay. Um, well, I, 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 I learned that. I was listening to actually a really good interview John Suntras did with um, Dan Jurgens, who created Booster Gold. And during that conversation, it is a very interesting interview, actually, like quite detailed. Um and so don't just talk about Death of Superman for That 30 gets minutes. a run. Of course, <laughs> that gets a run. But no, in fairness to Dan Jurgens, it was and and John Sanders is a good interviewer. So I mean, it was it was mm. it was worth listening to. Honestly, I really enjoyed it. During that conversation, there was a lot of Booster Gold chat because the news had just come out about the Booster Gold TV show. Um, so it was only re- recorded like a week ago or something. And um, during that, he, he mentioned yeah that um. Rip Hunter was Booster Gold's son, which was completely news to me, and um, I was like, okay. Um, now, I've got a question for you, Rich. I'm into Smallville Season 5, which I'm loving, and the action is a lot more comic booky this season. Where is Booster Gold's episode? Is it, like, soon? Oh, no. Oh. Much, much later. It's like... Uh, way, more towards the end. Okay. Like yeah. Eight, oh. maybe? Oh, okay. I thought it was... Not- I think that's like season eight onwards for me is when the show is at its best. Okay, right. Wow, you think it peaks that late? Okay, wow. I think just, you're gonna I mean, opposite. just because like it's basically a Superman show at that point, you just don't mm. have a costume. And... Well, yeah. So yeah, Smallville is basically divided into two. Smallville mm. is uh, the first probably five, uh, four seasons, maybe five is the it's the farm boy. Mm. Yeah. Sort of, um, storyline and world, and then after that, it basically becomes the Daily Planet, Metropolis, cool, comic book, um, centered. You know, you get the Justice League, you get uh, the Justice Society shows up in the yeah. later seasons. Um, a terrible version of uh, Doomsday shows. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I remember season eight. I think is when he's like got a job at the planet, and but they. The thing that annoyed yeah. me is he didn't wear his glasses. And I know why, but it was still dumb. <laughs> just put on the... Well, I think it's one of those things where it's a show where they just wanted it to continue because of its popularity, but didn't actually know... Sure. Like, they were like, well, we can't stay on the farm. He's finished mm. school. Yeah. But we're not... We, we said that we'd never be Superman. Like, basically, Tom Willing, like, never, you know, never wanted to play Superman. He only wanted to play Clark Kent. Mm. Um... And he's still so, weird about that. Yeah. So I don't understand like, that thing, though. Like, to... I mean, he's happy to play Clark Kent for millions of episodes. What, what's wrong with Superman? I, I just, he, he didn't want to get into the tights, that's all. He just didn't want oh, to. Oh, right. Okay. And I saw him a few years ago. He was in Australia for Supernova, and I saw him, and he was still, like, adamant about that. He's, so he's just I... got to think about it. I mean, you, I tell well, you what. I, in like, a way, it yeah. makes him different because he yeah. basically is the only Superman to never don the costume. I mean, yeah. if I mean, he, he, yeah, he does technically, but like, yeah, but Rich knows, CG, it's a so technicality. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like CG and special effects. Yeah, it was, you know, yeah, it was but, something at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Like, I, I mean, I, I genuinely uh, enjoy it. I think it's a fun show. I really, I, I do think it's a show that it, it, it's a lot of fun. Like to to watch. Like it is. Um, it's cheesy, but it's cheesy in a way where I'm like. I'm fine with the cheese, you know. Well, I'm it's, like, it's you know. also it's also very Silver Age. You have all these different mm. types of Crips and I like. There's a lot of fun there mm. to be had. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And and sometimes isn't that sort of what's missing? You know, at times, you know, like sometimes, you know, it, it, everything's doom and gloom almost. And it's like I, I it's think nice things need to be good. I don't care what the tone is as long as it's yeah. good. Look, know? I mean, Smallville's so. like um, Star Trek is that it's it's all good. Like I mm. enjoyed every season, yeah. uh, obviously to varying degrees. Yeah. And for everyone, every, I think everyone just like with what kind of say everyone's got like a different peak or a different um, sweet spot. But I mean, mm. I I don't think any part of the show is like awful. Like mm. there's no. There's no season that's like, oh my god, why why won't the show just end? It's yeah. more just like, oh, it wasn't as good as the previous season, or yeah, but you know, I still enjoyed it when I watched. Like, it's one of those. It's a really good show. It's just that it has varying degrees of enjoyment over the seasons. That's all. Yeah. Well, any show that goes for yeah. ten seasons as well. Like my god, mm-hmm. you look at Cheers. Cheers, you know, an example of a show that goes for a long time and it goes through changes and it has better episodes. Mash evolves over twelve or so seasons, like, shows, you know, have to change. And, I mean, I think Smallville, you know, is probably underrated, I think, in terms of how it held an audience for so long, you know? Um, it got, um, yeah, it got kind of forgotten pretty quickly, I think, mm. with the because the onset of the, the CW yeah. superhero shows came so quickly mm. afterwards, yeah, which wouldn't have been possible without Smallville. Yes, it paves but, the way for the Arrowverse in a lot of ways, I think. Yeah. Also, it still has... Uh, the best live action Lex, which is not hard because they've all been terrible except for him and the Lois and Clark guy. I know you're not a fan of... um, Yeah, the Lois and Clark guy was good, but I know you're not a fan of uh, Gene Hackman. No, don't like Gene Hackman. Don't like Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, He was horrible. I think Kevin Kevin Spacey could have been good if he didn't have to do Gene Hackman. Yeah. Oh, Um, you know what? I actually think Jesse Eisenberg would have been the perfect young Lex in Smallville, like if you're gonna do a movie. Yeah. Um, like because he's he's got that like that smarmy mm. like period attitude, but he was too young to play the adult. Oh he was too young yeah, I can... to play the adult. But if they did a movie and it was like a flashback or setting up, you know, the origin of Lex, I think Jesse would have been better suited for that, but he definitely wasn't a good adult. Oh he was horrible, like, dude. He was absolutely freaking... fucking horrible in that movie. I could see him doing it like but yeah i think he's just not good as a foil for two people that are much older and more scary looking than him you know yeah, no, like uh, yeah i i i will defend many things that are questionable but i thought uh whatever his name is jesse eisenberg in batman vs superman was fucking appalling actually no like, no I- agree with you as i said i yeah. i think i i when i watched it i was like man he'd be so good if he was the smallville lex luther like yeah but i tell you what the, the smallville lex luther i'm watching him and i guess he's i know michael rosenberg is, is fantastic yeah. also the voice of flash from the justice league tv show uh, the animated tv show. really does mm-hmm. now i've got a question and don't give me like the in-depth spoiler but but like up until like up until now uh, in season five he hasn't been that evil i mean he's been a bit evil but like does he go full like lex luther evil in like season five because it seems uh, to be i'm not gonna say anything because yeah. um if i say anything it's gonna spoil it for you yeah guys. no it's it's worth it's worth watching yeah yeah, yeah i'm that. enjoying it like yeah um so. but you know, and he, you want to know a funny thing do you know who plays aquaman in smallville yes it's like you told me it's the guy who plays hawk and uh jack um Whatever his name yeah, is. Jack Reacher, yeah. Oh wow, it's the same guy. Yeah. yeah. When he was a lot younger, yeah. Like um Yeah, jeez. Right. And who does he play, Rich? Aquaman, did you say? 
Yeah, so he plays Arthur Curry, Aquaman in the Smallville, and then later so he goes on it's TV. it's a lot later in the show that the like Aquaman's turning up, isn't it? Like because he's nowhere to be seen in season five. It's, I think yeah, he's so in he, season five. When, is he okay? Yeah, yeah. I think that the, the Justice League starts kind of showing up because you have. Uh-huh. I think I want to say it's Bart though, not Barry. Right. Yeah. I'm no. Bart did turn Bart up. Bart, Bart Allen did yeah. has has turned Bart up. It was a good episode up. actually. Cyborg shows up. Um, Aquaman shows up. Obviously, the the guy that plays uh, uh, um, yes Oliver Green Arrow. He's in it for. He becomes a, basically a secondary character. Right. I mean, Green Arrow is. Uh, he's basically the Bruce Wayne Batman of Smallville because they couldn't yeah, but, use Batman. But you know what? He was a far better, um, in my opinion, he was a far better Green Arrow than the the guy from the Arrow. Oh, I I didn't mean that in a bad Stephen way. Amell. Oh, no, no, no. But yeah, the because they both try to be Bruce Wayne. Mm. Um, it's just that um, in Smallville, he's the more l- lovable playboy. Um, yeah, no, I, I've seen, I, I actually, I checked in on Smallville when it was on at that time period. I remember I quite liked whoever played Green Arrow. I thought he was quite good. Um, and yeah. I'll give you another tidbit since I'm so full of trivia. Mm. He actually uh, stars in the pilot as Aquaman yeah. for a, uh, a pilot that was never picked up. I didn't oh, know that. an Aquaman TV show? Yeah, they were going, they were they tried to do an Aquaman TV show and they did a pilot and the guy that plays Green Arrow in Smallville, he was... Really? Aquaman. And so a lot of <laughs> a lot of repeats of uh, superhero characters. A lot of rinse and repeat. I've got to be honest, I couldn't battle through an Aquaman TV show. Seriously. Like, fuck off, Aquaman. So it was interesting because what they were trying to do is they were trying to do it like Smallville, where he basically is kind of a teenager like Clark, and it's kind of like on a beach. And so it was going to be another sort of like <laughs> oh, teen drama. Yeah, he, he, actually, that like is, yeah, that's not bad. Sounds like Baywatch. You, you, <laughs> no, basically, yeah, it was... Baywatch with Teen Angst. What was that show that was kind of like a 90210 spin-off? Not a spin-off, but like a bit of a clone. It had the guy who went on to play Jim Gordon in Gotham. Um, you know the show I'm what? talking about? Like it was like a team. The OC. Yes. It, 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 you could do the OC, but with him, Aquaman, being there. You know what I mean? Like and you could you could do could do that. The OC of. was like, uh, I was... When I was in year seven, I was 12. The OC was really big among my classmates. Yeah, yeah, it was very popular, um, I remember. I mean, I was too old for it, but I recall it was a big show and it was that kind of, like, it was in LA and blah, blah, blah. Everyone was all beautiful. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, and it was like that teen drama. But as you're saying, Rich, insert Aquaman, even though I hate Aquaman, but you could put him into uh, a social context of, like, a beach culture. You know it's what I mean? pretty strong emotions yeah, towards Aquaman. I've never liked Aquaman. strong emotions to a lot of I've guys. never liked Aquaman, ever. I mean, I don't... Look, I dislike... No, I'll say this. I dislike him in general. Sometimes I don't mind him. I actually, even though I don't love the movie, I thought Momoa's version is at least interesting because it's so far removed from the normal Aquaman, you know? Clearly you like Aquaman from uh, Brave and the Bold. It's amusing, but he's a joke. You know, that's, yeah, that's it, the point, yeah, no, it's a, yeah, he's it's like kind he, of what the Jason Momoa character is based on, though. Yeah, 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 and I, I thought Momoa at least they he he they gave him a direction and he went full into it, and I'm you know I didn't mind that movie. I'm not saying I loved it or anything, but when I've seen some of the other movies that have come out, like that's definitely a very mid tier movie. But oh my god, some of the stuff they're putting out now is is you know in the superhero realm is below that, you know. Um, to me, in terms of quality, like 
I don't know. It's just pretty and, over superhero movies. <laughs> pretty oh, over pop culture, yeah. to be honest. Oh dear! Like, well, come on, Connor. Let's back up. So, Richard, no, I agree with him. Richard, <laughs> you got a point. You, you, you've got a point, my friend. You got the question right about Booster Gold, so you should feel very happy with yourself. Um, and Connor, I will not electrocute you because it was a difficult question. Now, don't you fucking dare! Oh. No, well, I'm the Emperor of Signals, so I have these powers. No. Now, um. I don't know where you... Well, I know where Richard stands on the UFO situation. I was at Michelle's mother's the other day. Shout out to Marie. And she had some fascinating uh, stuff. There's a show called UFO uh, Witness. And these guys are telling a lot of stories out of school and a lot of stuff about Eisenhower and the cover-up. Um, it's starting to sound a lot more real about the cover-up. And uh, Eisenhower knew something. And Ike knew something. There were some dealings with the aliens, apparently to the point where it was very X-Files-ish. Uh, I'm starting to wonder, is it a case, as I've said before, Rich, where they put out the fact as fiction, you know, to blur the truth? Oh, uh, you put me to sleep now, David. No, come on, Rich. This is new stuff. This is just hot off the pipe. I watched it last week at Michelle's Mother's. I'm surprised it's not making more news, more waves in the news. Um, alien... Uh, sort of agreements reached with the US military, uh, reverse engineered tech, Eisenhower involved, um, allowing the aliens to live amongst us almost. And I, I'm not sure if they were from a prisoner ship or if they were a crash land or whatever, but there wasn't many of them. Connor, have you heard this? Is Have this UFO witness reached you? And what do you think of my theories, man? And not, not, not my theories, the theories of the show. Uh, it's crackpot. Crackpot. Like, the progression of technology does not indicate alien interference. Uh, okay. Uh, what do you think? You're a crackpot, Dave. Well, I'm, I'm reporting a show that's on. No, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> that's exactly what a crackpot would say. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, dude, I've always asked a lot of questions about, like, what the U.S. government knows. You know that I believe it, they landed in World War II. They, they put that show, The Fleet, out. And I remember saying to Michelle, we know this happened. And she's like, slow down. We don't know. But I'm like, I think I do. I think we're getting closer and closer to the truth. And I'm, I'm Googling this show now because, I mean, are people talking about it? Look, UFO Witness, 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Former FBI agent Ben Hansen travels to US locations where extra terrestrial encounters took place to uncover secrets on UFO, alien life forms, and alien technology. Um, I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. Is anyone... Are you guys saying Eisenhower's hands are clean? That he had nothing to do with it? Uh, I don't know if his hands are clean, but I'm sure he had nothing to do with this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Aliens, here we go. Wow. Are you ready for what I'm about to tell you? His um. great-granddaughter, his great-granddaughter, Laura Eisenhower, his great-granddaughter alleges that General Ike entered the U.S. government into treaties with extraterrestrial entities. That's from his great-granddaughter. She must be off her meds. Well, I think the... I think the um, I think the jury's still out, man, and it's starting to sound like... I mean, I have a feeling that your jury's going to be out for like indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just putting it out there, guys. Like, um, it really is starting to feel like we're, we're getting to the edge of something big. 
And I David, thought, you say I'm just putting it out there. That's like you say, look, I'm not saying it's true, but it's true. <laughs> oh, I think it's true. <laughs> I'm surprised Ike's involved. I always, uh, I've always respected Ike, but um, suddenly it's starting to look a lot more shady. And I guess if, it, if they landed in World War Two, it would make sense because he was the president in what the early fifties after Truman, fifty-two. Uh, so dealing with the repercussions, colonization. Agreements. It's a real shame that someone in the government you idolise is involved in some shady dealings. <laughs> I don't know how that could have happened. Especially some fake shady dealing on top of <laughs> Anyway, we'll move on from this topic because you guys just aren't willing to really get into it. I, you know you know what? I mean, I'll say this to you, and, and don't take offence either of you. You're believing the hype. You're, the government's piping the, the truth they're feeding you on the Listen, news, Dave, you're believing. I'm not the one believing the hype. You're the one who's getting, you know, overwhelmed by the hype and the. the do, I, do I? Do I sound hyped about anything? Yeah. Aliens, aliens could land. I probably wouldn't care anymore. Though. I would. I I'd would. Be like, ah, oh, fuck! There goes the neighbourhood. Wow. Ah, <sighs> oh, man. There's so much more we could talk about this topic, but let's go to Super Bowl, the Flash trailer. Um, I've got to say, I actually really enjoyed this trailer i thought this was great and i and i i mean i'm no um, what's his name rich i've forgotten the guy's name ezra miller um i'm no ezra miller fan and we've taken plenty of shots uh, at ezra miller on the signal but this trailer it lit a fuse in me and i'm starting to think this could be the biggest dc movie that they've ever had um i'll go to you connor first what did you think of the trailer and how, uh, how are you feeling about the flash movie uh, I didn't watch it. Wow. Uh, I not in, the only reason I have any interest in the Flash movie is because Michael Keaton Batman's in it. Of course. And of course, I think that's the only reason the movie's coming out. Honestly, I think <laughs> yeah. the only reason the movie's coming out is because Michael Keaton's in it. I'm looking fucking forward to seeing Michael Keaton. Jesus. And of course, you can have two Batmans, but you can't have one Superman. Go fuck yourself, uh, DC. <laughs> it's my thoughts on the Flash. Mm. Oh, well, there was Supergirl. Oh well, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a Supergirl fan. I don't, you know. Yeah, uh, was, I don't. I don't care about budget Superman. There was definitely. Um, there was definitely Supergirl. Am I right in saying? Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Is it a trans Supergirl? I, for some reason, I thought it was. No. 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 I'm it's getting a, confused. It's a, it's, a, um, it's a Latino Supergirl, but okay. Not, there was right. a trans Supergirl in something recently. Um, no, I think Supergirl had a trans um, friend character. Or oh, okay, that's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, okay, that's uh, what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Dreamer in the yeah. She that's right. Show. She was based yeah. off. Um, it was like Dream Girl, but done trans. Dream Girl from the um, uh, what do you call it? Legion of Superheroes. Um, okay, so it's a Latino Supergirl, which is an interesting choice. Um, and yeah, you just feel that like you would have preferred that to have been Clark Kent. Kalel, yeah, like why you know why not like and yeah. you know why uh, like yeah I I know Cavill's got Cavill's gone and stuff that's fine yeah. but like why scrap his cameo why not give Superman fans something like just a cameo or something I don't know just sure. yeah why why is Supergirl anyway I like I I don't even care anymore like it's just mm. yeah I'll. I'll 
I'll either watch it for Keaton or I'll watch the Keaton Batman scenes because, like, otherwise I just don't care. So, like, if it's if it's like a Flashpoint type thing, mm-hmm. and it's like, why would you make a like? I don't. I'm speculating here. Like, but if it ends up being a movie about continuity, that sucks because stories about continuity are always weaker than. I think it's definitely going to play yeah. a huge role in it. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a so, huge part of what this movie is. I think it can be quite cool. I mean, I don't, I don't care if they re, if they reset their shitty universe. Good. But when um, that's the point of a story, instead of telling a good story, your point of the story is explaining be an your exciting, franchise. Exciting and... story. It could be exciting, you know. Mm. And we get to see Batman and and Michael Keaton and Affleck, and I'm down for it. Rich. What did you think of the trailer? Give me your honest reaction on the trailer without any bias, Rich. Give me what, How did you feel about the trailer when you saw it? I mean, certainly mixed, um, for sure, because, I mean, it was... It, God, it was so nice to to see Michael Keaton. Yeah. You know, and, and they almost give you that pause when he goes, I'm Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was like, awesome. It, it was really cool. But other than that, I still I still don't like Ezra Midler's Flash. I'm sorry. It's... Oh, yeah. A, you know, I mean, I was not a massive fan of um, what's that, Grant Gustin, yeah. as the Flash either, and and I, this is actually worse. So they managed to top themselves <laughs> in terms of you know, I don't know, for, I do, I don't know why they just can't get Barry Allen right. I don't know why it's so hard. I like, think that Grant Gustin does a pretty Wally good West, job. Then do Wally West. If you yeah. want Barry Allen, then do Barry Allen. That's my issue with it. Is pick one. Don't try and... But Barry is quite a serious customer, you know? And, yeah, and... but they do Wally is my point. Like, yeah. you know, because in a way, you could do Flash where... Okay, one thing I love about Ant-Man, right, uh, is that how they managed to incorporate the original Ant-Man plus Scott Lang's Ant-Man. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. They, mm. And I feel like if you want to do a Flash, you can do a Flash where the original Flash has already sacrificed himself to save the world, and you've got Wally West. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it, there is a way to do a Flash movie without going the Barry Allen route, but then do it. Like, don't mm. try and do the best of both worlds. Who, like, who oh, is Ezra Miller playing? I don't even know. Is it Barry? Yeah, it's Barry Allen. But, I mean, it's, it's yeah, like, when I say that question, he's playing something that's not in any fucking comic, you know? His his version of Flash is his own. It's almost like he's playing a teenage version of Flash. In a yeah, way. like he's he's. I'll say this about Ezra Miller. We've taken a lot of shots at Ezra Miller. His ridiculous behaviour. His acting, like, forget that. Okay, to park all that shit. Just his acting style. It's very, it's very mannered and very weird. And and everything I've seen him in, and I've only seen him in a few things. It all, it's always the same. Like. He's that actor who has, this is what I bring to the table. This is my style of acting. I don't care what I'm doing. It's it's just a bizarre, like, I'm, I'm stunned that someone in the casting of Flash was like, yeah, that's exactly what we want for Barry Allen. You know, like, it's, it's so off the pace of any Flash I've ever seen, you know? He's not, like, Grant Gustin, he, he's kind of chirpy, he's kind of quirky, he's a bit funny. I could see a, a casting director going, yeah, that's good. We can put him in a show. He, he'll be good. But Ezra Miller, he has a very strange acting style, and it comes through in this trailer, and there's a really funny scene, Connor, when the weird uh, version of Barry Allen, like the sort of like non I, I don't know if he's non-powered, but he's from one reality, he comes into contact with the so-called normal 
Barry Allen flash that he plays. But you're like, it's so hard because of Ezra Miller's acting style. The weird version isn't that much weirder than the normal version. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like right. oh, it's the same, just with longer hair. And, and yeah, like he's not a very like honestly. And I'll, I don't know. I've got a few. He's not a very good actor. If acting is you put yourself into a role, you make people believe you're playing a role. And then you can play another role and you're quite different. You know, that kind of acting is what I call acting, where people believe you are the role. He's not good at that. He, he, he's very mannered. He, you know, he, and it's weird. It's off-putting almost. So he's a very strange choice to play Flash, and I certainly am not a fan. He, I do think, in the, given the right material, if he's surrounded with enough other story stuff, I still think it could be a pretty good movie because uh, it looks like a pretty busy film. Um, and let's face it, as we're going to mention, some of the comic book movies that have been coming out recently have not exactly been fantastic, you know, and, uh, Adam the Computer said he believes that DC could easily overwhelm Marvel, um, with their slate if they get it right, and I do agree with him. I think there's definitely potential. I think the Marvel train The important thing you said there is if... No, but, but something we do know is the Marvel train is slowing, you know? Um... And so they're catchable, is what I'm trying to say. They're, they're not they're not going at the same pace they were, you know, three four years ago. Like they're they're slowing, they're struggling a little bit. Um, yeah. So uh, look, I would recommend Connor that you at least check the trailer out. I mean, it's only like two minutes of your life, and you might well be surprised. Another thing is, I generally don't watch trailers anymore. Okay. Because I just. I- don't like too much stuff given away. Of course, it's kind of impossible with superhero trailers because when that Flash trailer came out, no mm. one would shut up about it and there was screenshots everywhere. Sure. So, and here but, I yeah, am. Generally, I don't. Here no, I am. I, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> generally, I, I saw it on the show notes, so, but generally I just I don't watch trailers. Like, I just I'm not... It, it, the thing is that the movie's already spoiled in a sense because you already know what it is. It's just a Flashpoint story. Mm. Yeah, it's a story where he goes to a place where his mother's not alive or, or mother's not dead, yes. and then he tries to save his mother and causes like like it's not like whether you watch a trailer or not, you, you already know what the story's going to be. You just don't know how they connect the dots yet. That's all. And you also yeah. know that DC are using it as a sort of backdoor exit out of their <sighs> sort of very convoluted bullshit. Which you don't need to do, just make a new movie. Like you I don't... know, but they've they convinced themselves they need to do it. So they did the same crap with Apocalypse War. Like it, it was, it ruined the entire movie mm. when they did that. Like mm. so, mm. yeah. Um, but anyway, so which movie was this? Apocalypse War. What's that? Oh, it was an anime. They that was. Oh, that's the end of the the universe. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah, started okay. the new cheaper universe. Oh yeah, they started yeah. the budget shitty animation universe. Great. That's what we always wanted. <laughs> um. They're like, they're like, fuck you guys with sort of decent animation. We're going to give you really cheap animation in the new universe. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it was, all, it was already pretty cheap. It was pretty cheap, <laughs> but they but they took it down another pig. Uh, yeah, I agree. Right. The animation was getting worse anyway, and then it was like, yeah, we're going to make it even worse. Because uh, they keep losing money. Well, not losing money, but they're not making as much as they used to, so they're going to have to go cheaper. Mm. Well, you don't want them to go cheaper, then you've got to buy it. <laughs> well, they've got to... I mean, really, these things are now for HBO Max. You know, that's where, yeah. they, that's where they go. I mean, I don't right. think they're selling tons of Blu-rays of them, you know. Mm. It's mostly streaming. Um, I, I watch most of them. I, I, I haven't caught all of them, but I, I watch most of them. Richard, what was the one I watched recently? Oh, Legion of Superheroes. And it was okay. 
you know, um, it, it's some very odd choices. Um, do you know the character? Rich, do you mind if I spoil something in the Legion thing? I get couldn't them. care. Okay, you know the character Monel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Monel. They make him a traitor, make him a bad guy, and I'm like, why would you do that to Monel? Like, you you know, and they don't redeem him or anything. It's just like he's the traitor who betrays the mm-hmm. Legion, and he's just like, oh dear. But you know, when, when I see that, I'm like. And I and I, you know I like I like the Legion. We do the Legion outpost. I've read my fair share. I've read you know hundreds of issues probably. I'm just like man, what a bullshit choice. You know, they've been doing a lot of that. Um, that, that might be that that that's kind of extreme because that's like a hero, but like they they changed Hush. They did a lot of stuff. Like I don't mind when they like. So if I'm watching, so my problem with like the old, old animated movies, like New Frontier and stuff, is that they would just adapt the comics and not change anything, really. So you're just getting, like, a shorter version with worse animation. Mm. So, like, I like when they change things in the story or they loosely adapt a story Mm. because it's something somewhat new. But when they, like, you know, when you change, like, the core of a character, I don't think that's, like, I think that's a step too far. I totally agree. I I think... Mm. um, like, I, Marvel gets a lot of crap from me, but at times I like the way they mix and match storylines for their movies and stuff. You know, I, I, yeah. I just, I, I don't know, there's, there's an art to it, but that Legion thing, look, it's not terrible. Like, the animation, again, is reasonably poor. It's probably better than that awful Superman one we watched, Rich. That City of Tomorrow or Man of Tomorrow, whatever it was, where the right. animation was just so fucking bad. Oh, I, like um, oh, I, I, I thought the animation was just some of the worst animation I've seen in a, in years. The problem is, is the, anima- the animation is not terrible. It's just the quality of it. It's the look of it that looks mm. cheap. Like, it's not animated poorly in that it's janky or anything like that. The animation is actually fairly yeah. uh, fluid and, and not too bad. It's the problem that it just looks so bland. It just looks See, so two-toned. Almost, almost one tone. Honestly, I agree that it doesn't look great, but like, I don't know if you've seen the animated Red Sun. That's to me, that's the low bar for cheap, shitty mm. animation. Like mm. that is so like Man of Tomorrow compared to that for me was like, oh well, really? Okay. Watchable. See, that's yeah. one I haven't watched. I haven't watched that one, and I meant to watch that. Cause yeah. Well, I that was I think yeah. one of the last ones they did when they were realizing we don't want to spend money. Mm. <laughs> On yeah. animation, basically, um, because uh, for the most part, I actually I disagree in that. I, I agree with you in that, like maybe you want to get something different. But I actually thought the animation quality of the adapted ones were actually very high. Because oh no, yeah, they 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 were good quality. What it looked like, mm. you know, like it's almost like the page come to life. But as the yeah, as it went on, mm. the last ones that they did were a little bit more cheaper looking. Uh, they weren't up to the same quality. And then we got the new fifty two version where it all just came out of the same animation house um for a while so everything just looked the same which it does now now everything just looks the mm. same just even cheaper than that oh, so that was like war and stuff like that wasn't it there was yeah, yeah yeah the big oh, dark and and uh, t- uh jla versus teen titans and uh, some of them Christ. did have better animation like uh Death of Superman, the the Doomsday sections had really good. It did like, at times. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I look, Justice League War looks pretty good. Keeping out of uh, one studio is that at least yeah. they get better at it when they're doing it. So definitely, the animation definitely got better, but uh, it never looked better in terms of the 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 style or the right. the 
to design. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this about Legion, the Legion one. I'll tell you this about the Legion one. Like, it's not terrible. Like, it's probably a six out of ten. Um, I, I, I sort of liked the story for what it was. It's very basic. It's the Academy members. Most of the Legion and heirs are off-planet. Uh, so it's, you know, they pick, uh, they select, like, five Legionnaires. And Supergirl's, like, the POV character, which I know, Connor, you probably won't enjoy. But she's it's reasonably done reasonably well. Like, it's it, it's oh, okay, well, I, you know? I don't mind that, because, well, she is, like, a Legionnaire character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, know, she, so. and she's decent in it. Like... Um, Adam the computer, who's who's a real hardcore Legion guy, he really didn't like the movie. I was a bit more forgiving. I I, I was like, my biggest thing that I didn't like about it is sort of like I feel like it, it should almost be a series and and be deeper than because it skims the surface, you know, like mm. and it's way more of um, a Justice League or sorry, a Supergirl movie. It's more of a Supergirl movie than a Legion movie. Actually, that's that's what is the big thing about it. Like she's in it way more than any legionnaire, um, and I did not like Monel being a traitor. I thought that was it was just bullshit. I was just like, really, like that's that's all you've got, guys. Like, oh, you'll never believe who's a traitor, Monel. I'm like, oh wow, he's been around since the fucking fifties. You know why he's a traitor? Because <sighs> they just decided to make him a traitor. I don't know. No, because Superman took so long getting him out. Took yeah. too long. You went crazy. Yeah, yeah, you could, <laughs> but they don't give him that uh, exit. Strategy. Oh, okay. Like I was just making a joke. Really. No, no, no. Yeah. I know, and, and and believe you me, on Legion Outpost, many times we've teased <laughs> Superboy for his lack of uh, <laughs> prioritization of Monel. Uh, he's kind of like, I'll get to it one day, and then doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And I know Monel can be a dick in the Legion stories we've done and stuff. Like he can be egotistical. He, you know, etc. But I've never seen him be out and out evil. Maybe it exists somewhere in Legion mm. stories, but I've never seen it. And he's out and out evil in this, and it's just there's no redemption. Yeah, for the most part, Monel in the Legion comic books is very goody two shoe. Yeah, he he can be very he can be a bit sarcastic at times and a bit sort of arrogant, um, in some versions. But yeah, he's not a villain. But anyway, I heard. Yeah. I also heard lots of complaints about the new Green Lantern one. I'm so I'm wondering it. if it's maybe like Rich, have you seen uh, that one? Is God no. Uh, who's the Green well, Lantern? Is it is it what's his name? John Stewart. John Stewart, yeah, but it's not it that. It's just what they what they do to other characters that apparently like the writer has famously like read almost zero uh, Green Lantern or something. Perfect. So if well, they have people writing that don't really, yeah. you know, well, like yeah, yeah but, the reason Death of Superman was so much better than. Reign of the Superman is because you had Peter Tomasi writing Death mm. of Superman. Mm. Uh, in fact, it's debatably it's better than the comic, mm. uh, you know, as like an entry point anyway. And but, he, um, but he didn't write The Return of Superman. No, and there was a, it was a noticeable downturn in quality that the clown who wrote uh, uh, Gotham by Gaslight right. wrote it. Uh, that, I thought that movie was awful. I hated that movie. I, I've not even <laughs> watched that one. Because uh, I, I appreciate the comic so highly, I just can't even imagine them being able to do justice to that. I mean, you know? I don't, I don't even think that highly of the comic. Like, I think no it's way. all right. Yeah. I think it's an awesome concept, but like in the comic, it's super obvious who the killer is from the start, and they only have it feels longer, maybe. But anyway, uh, the movie, like the movie's just bad. I thought, like, it wasn't even that it didn't do justice to the comic. Like, it just sucked, and yeah. it, it turned the comic into like a Hollywood blockbuster. There was like, oh, great. he was chasing a guy across a blimp. The blimp blew up and stuff. And it was so stupid. And I'm yeah. like, oh, this, the comic was like, you know, it was 
supposed to be a bit more grounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very much. It was very moody. The comic, yeah. from memory, very, very. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, that wasn't the comic. Um, yeah, it's, it's what I was going to say is, Rich. Why do you think this is something that puzzles me? Like, why wouldn't you get a writer who you don't need to have read every Green Lantern ever? I get that. But you just get a, a writer who, who knows his Green Lantern to punch out a script for a fucking Green Lantern movie. Like, if you're bothering to do it at all, why would you get someone who doesn't know anything other than maybe he's read, like, ten issues of the recent Green Lantern with, like, whoever, you know, the anxiety Green Lantern or whoever. Like, why do you think that is, Rich, that sometimes they're just like, oh, fuck it, just, just farm it out to... doesn't matter who writes it, you know? Uh... Cheap is my guess. I honestly, it's I don't know. It's I mean, you know, it's like it's it's like if you're not the Batman and someone asks you, can you tell me why the Joker does what he does? It's like, no, my brain isn't wired to think of think like a crazy person. Like, I don't know if it's because they like they're like, well, we have to give people jobs or we have to hire certain people, but. We, they don't necessarily have the talent, but we've got to do it anyway. Um, but, there, but there'd be someone out there of any... Like, Green Lantern is a reasonably popular comic book character. You know, he's he's mid-tier, but, like, plenty of comic book fans know who he is. Any... I reckon you could get any race, any gender, any sexual orientation, any... You could get someone from any of those things who would have a, a decent knowledge of Green Lantern to, in TV writing. I don't think it's that... He's not that obscure. Yeah. You know? But again, as I said, Dave, you're asking me to explain madness. I can't, yeah. like, okay. I, I can't explain. Why I just don't get it. Why, why, why they go? Logical. Yeah, why they? Because everyone is cheap in in that sense. Like these guys aren't being paid a fortune to write these scripts. Like it's not that the the, the guys writing their scripts, they're not earning a fortune. So I would be turning to like you were saying, um, Connor, the uh, Tomasi who wrote. Death of Superman, you, you kind of know, like, this guy gets it. Uh, okay, he can punch out a script. Um, he's read Superman for X amount of years. He was an editor. Like, he's a pretty obvious fit. If think, I, you know. Well, Dave, I do have... Okay, so I don't think... Look, I don't think necessarily you have to be super-versed in mm, yeah. character necessarily. You just have to be talented, and you mm. have to be willing to put in the work yeah. to research the character. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So it's not the problem of, like, Oh, why did they hire someone with knowledge? It's just why did you actually hire someone who's talented? Well, if well, they if they tap me on the shoulder tomorrow, and, and uh, I'm a writer, and said you you write a um a treatment for a Green Lantern either movie or animated thing, I'd go fine. I'd definitely do my research and I'd have a head start because I kind of know the basics, but a bit of research and, and punch out a script. It's not that hard. But if you said to me write a script on um you know fucking Phantom Stranger or or fucking Booster Gold or someone who I'm not very versed in. Even still, if I'm a decent writer, I go, okay, and I, I, I who's Booster Gold? Okay, he's got a you know decent amount of comics behind him. I put together a reading list. I make sure I, I, I read from a few different eras, you know, like to get a, a feel for the character, and then I form a script. It doesn't feel like it's that hard to me, you know? Yeah, but, but here's the thing, and as you said, I think... You okay? Let's say you don't really know Green Lantern that well, right? Mm. But you've read comics. You're into comics, so you have a yeah. peripheral idea. I know who the character is. Blah blah blah. I've never read the comics and all that. As I've said to you on the show before, I believe that a lot of the people working in comics today mm. and in that industry, in that media, 
have never actually grown up reading comics. Right. You know what I mean? They haven't been collectors and read all the stuff. I think they've grown up reading something else. They've been given this opportunity sure. to write in this medium, to but break they in. don't know anything about it. Yeah, but to me, that's just it. Like, if you're a writer, and it still comes down to research. They're yeah. not interested. No. They're just like, I'll just write whatever stories I want. I'll make whatever. If they get... That's why I've said on the show before, I think so many new writers at Marvel always use Arcade, because one, <laughs> they love the name. And, <laughs> that's hilarious. And, and, and they, they think he's <laughs> wacky, but they don't actually know who the character is. That's so funny, man, because you, you said that, didn't you? That, like, Arcade is cool, but like, Arcade's a good example. Like... I know I'm saying write an arcade, um, but it, 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 say I've got this thing. Okay, can you? we want to do an X-Men adventure with Arcade as a villain, and I'm a TV writer and I get the gig. Uh, I don't feel it'd be that hard to research Arcade. Like, I, you, you hit Wikipedia, you, you hit a bit of internet stuff, you only probably have to read probably no more than 10 issues of a comic book series to get a pretty good feel for Arcade. It's not that complicated. And if you said to me to write a... Um, a series like if my break into Marvel was we want an arcade mini series, same thing. Like it's not that hard. Like really, I, I I just I'm sometimes boggled by by like I know a lot of I was thinking this the other day. A lot of people do get it and do good work. It's the ones who prosper and manage to survive in the industry when their work is just so it's just so mediocre. And I'm like, how are you even? I don't understand how you, you're keeping these titles going. And it does feel like a lot of... It's always been this way. People who are, who are fresh to DC or Marvel, they get the, you know, not even mid-tier, low-tier characters, and they break in. But in a lot of ways, if I'm a writer, if I've got confidence in my ability, that's kind of a blessing, you know? Because no one really gives a shit about Arcade that much. You know what I mean? Like, you can you can take the story different uh, ways, but, but you still but use the basis. I'm convinced, uh, maybe I should go do some research, but I'm convinced if you look at any new writer who got hired at Marvel mm. in the last five, six years, I guarantee you one of the first characters they ever, villains they ever used was Arcade. Really? Wow. I'm convinced I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, Rich. That's crazy. Um, do you have any theories on this? Are you a, are you a, a bit of a writer too, Connor? Because, I mean, I've written three books. I, I, I at some point... Would like to try my hand at, at, at comic books at some point. I, I don't sort of see it as that sort of... It's hard, but it's no more challenging than a lot of writing. Like, I just feel in this industry, there are opportunities at times. You know, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a hugely paying gig, but I, I see some of the content, and I, just to myself, like, I'm not going to name names, but sometimes I think, my God, is that the best they could do? You mm. know? Um... But everyone has to start somewhere. I understand that. And many a great writer, you go back to their early... Look, this is the thing. You go back to a lot of great writers, their early, early stuff, you can see they're still forming their craft. So it takes time to develop craft. And maybe we're a bit unforgiving these days, I sometimes think. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying, Connor? Like, sometimes are we too critical on these writers who are trying to break through who might not have... It, it's sort of like their first gig in comics. And they're sort of thrust into the spotlight... And they're given a lower tier character, and everyone's like, "Really? Is that it?" You know? Um, no, I don't like. You know, I'm not attacking them personally or anything. Well, I guess I've thrown around the word "idiot" a few times, but sure. Um, it's uh, again, like I don't. 
if if research is the problem, which I don't really think it is, I don't think you need to know that much to make it good. Like again, mm. you can just look it up on Wikipedia and stuff. Yeah. It's not hard to do research. But um, yeah, I I don't know. Like I think you know, I've, I've, you're right. People do get better at writing, and I think the work could end up speaking for itself. Like these guys generally, and like I've I've seen a couple of like the writer credits for these movies. They've only written one thing, and that was like 2023. But a few of the other writers like have written about ten of these movies. So I think mm. like they will get more work and a chance to improve. And some of them have written really bad ones. Some of them have written pretty good ones. So mm. yeah, like I, I think. You know, yeah, writers can improve. I don't think we shouldn't be critical, but I guess, mm. um, mm. you know, I mean, it yeah. really just, it depends how bad it is. <laughs> you the know, the problem uh, I have with, with the to your Dave with your question is, are we too critical? Mm. I think we have become more critical, but they've made us that way because, yeah, you if you're a new writer, one of the reasons why writers, older writers, got to hone their craft and do better is they were open to criticism. If readers said, we didn't like that, we weren't a fan of that story, they didn't get in a huff and call you names and oh, yeah. you know tell you to fuck off or whatever, or you don't know what you're talking about. They took that on board and said, okay, well, people aren't enjoying the stories I'm writing, so what sort of story should I do? How should I work? How do I make my stories better? And then they got better because they were willing to listen to mm. feedback, criticism, you know, uh, stuff. But today, the more that they we critique, the more that they push back, the you know, the more vitriol. And so mm. are we more critical? Yes, but we've kind of, I feel like people have been made that way because of the... Um, There's certainly a lot more defensive these days. Maybe it's social media too. Like, I, I, I question, I know, like, you know, the thing would be, oh, well, you need to be on social media to promote your product, but do you need to be on there to argue with everyone? You know? Oh, exactly right. Exactly <laughs> like, right. like uh, I don't know. I'm just sort of like... I, I've had I've had one star two star reviews on 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 my books and and yeah look you don't like seeing them but at the same time you've got to have a thick skin and you know you get five star reviews that really could just be as equally full of shit you know like yeah. I don't know it's just I, I just feel you have to have I I've had one or two arguments and I quit and I mean my first book when it first came out in the first two weeks. Um, I had, you know, a couple of people taking pot shots at me personally and you felt it then, you know, you were quite raw because it was a new product. But like three books down the line, you, 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 you're not feeling that so much. And I'm surprised well, the these writers are. You don't lump them all together, Dave. Like, yes, you're going to get that fucking idiot who wants to just be an ass and, you know, he didn't enjoy the book or they didn't enjoy the book and they want to tell you what a fucking idiot you are. But the mm. problem is, is when you start lumping all your critics or all your criticism into that, say, yeah. oh, you're just an arsehole, well, now there's no middle ground. You know what I mean? Mm. Now you either love it or you're a piece of shit. <laughs> well, I, I <laughs> like, was having this discussion on Twitter, and, and believe you me, um, I, I blame a lot of the comic book um, yeah, podcasting community. Not Kim, not Kim, that's not the right word. The, the online uh, commentators themselves who, so, who love to bicker. Anyway, there was this guy on there talking about something. He was talking about piracy and how bad it was. And I agree with that, but I was going to the topic of, like, yes, piracy is a problem uh, in terms of the sales. But, like, another problem is that you aren't attracting any readers and a lot of people aren't buying your stuff and you, you, you're just not getting the books into the hands. Like, 
and some of that is quality. And they did not want to have that discussion. It was it was fascinating. Like it was like it was like it was almost like they were saying we don't, you you can't talk about that. And I was like, why? Like who are you, my mother? Like telling me I can't talk about something. Like this is my point of view. Like you know, what's your response? And it was weird. Like, it was like they really wanted to censor the conversation. I was like, I agree with you, piracy's bad. Like, can we move on from that topic? Like, is it possible? And um, anyway, so then this comic book um, artist or something piped in, and his point was correct. He, he said, basically, he goes, I get what's happening here because they like to treat everyone like we're children. You know, like, it's like... it's I'm like, smarter than you. Yeah, it's, it's like, dude, just say your piece, like, please, and get off stage. Anyway, he goes, the thing is, we try really hard to make a book and we can put a book out there and fans can hate it and such is life when we move on. And in a sense, he's right. Like, they, they do try. He's like, no one's trying to make a bad comic book. I agree. But you, you work on a book. It's happened throughout the history of fucking comic books. You put out a book, you put it out to the market, like any entertainment product, any movie, any TV show that goes out there, there's a very high chance that it won't be a hit. And such is life. And I, I sort of take that approach to it, and I, I, I question why you get writers, and we've mentioned his name before, uh, I'm going to mention it one final time, I'm going to try never to mention his name again, we've seen Tom King, we've seen Donny Cates, and we've seen the way they react to, to fans and, and, and purchases of their, not even fans, consumers. And I just think, my God, what a way to treat your audience. It's so rude, you know? And um, I, I, I just can't fathom it. Like, it's like, do you really think that everything you do is just absolute gold? Do you know, like, people are allowed to... You're putting entertainment out there that consumers can respond. You know, I, I don't... I, I just guess... I get to that point where I'm like, I don't understand why they're so sensitive, I guess, is what, I get, what I'm getting to. Ah, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, writers have always been like that. I don't offer. It's not the only reason we notice it more because everyone's on Twitter now. I but. guess. Oh uh, yeah, I guess people you know take this stuff personally, but but surely they've got other people pumping their tires as well. Like so, yeah. it's like you know, like that's kind of where I'm like. But you, but you're getting all these plaudits, and you're getting like love him or hate him. Tom King has had plenty of big projects at DC, you know, and I assume. They've sold relatively well. Like, I mean, it's like, my God, with that comes a certain sort of like, uh, you know, once you enter that field and make yourself a public figure and putting out entertainment, it's like, you know, people, they boot Elvis. You know what I mean? Like, they boot Elvis. So you're not Elvis. So anyway. Um, All right. Now, turning to sales, this is something that I found extremely interesting it came across my desk, and, and and let's take it for what it's worth. Let's assume this news story is correct. Apparently, the new Tim Drake Robin series that they've been putting out relatively recently, last couple of months, is selling at around 2,000 copies, Rich, per month. Can you believe um, it? That's bad, right? That's terrible, man. That's yeah. awful. Um, how, they, how, uh, how did they get that figure? Though? I don't know how they got the figure, Rich. It was from pre-orders or something, but look, this, you know, this is the claim. On my end, uh, I didn't know it existed. So, mm. like, maybe, maybe it's a problem with advertising because I didn't know it was a thing. But come on, 2000. Like, I, I spoke to Chuck about this and I said, when you were writing Robin, uh, <laughs> you don't need to tell me exact numbers, but he wrote 100 issues of Robin with Tim Drake in the 90s into 2000s. And I said, 
surely you were selling 80 to 100,000 plus. He said, if you weren't selling 100, you were on the chopping block for cancellation. Yeah, you but know? that's then. The comics were doing way better back I then. I know, but still, but I, I understand like, that. But you've gone from 100 plus to 2,000. Doesn't that say, isn't that damning? To me, that's damning. That's, that's what sets so that Tim Drake run, that Chuck Dixon. That's like 30 years or something. It's and yeah, it is, yeah, it is damning. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, like, I haven't seen anything about it at all. Like, because yeah. I, like, I, I, I wouldn't buy it because I just don't have the money. But if if I had if I had a lot of money, I, what I do like to do is I like to support titles that I'm interested in financially. Are you interested in this one? Um, if I had the money, uh, like I would be interested enough, yes, to, okay. to spend money. I like Tim Drake. Believe you me, I've read the hundred issues of that Chuck Dixon did. I, I'm just uh, stunned. More so, I'm not really taking a shot at the writer because I believe it's more than just um, than just quality. I think this is this is. A lot more than just quality. I mean, I'm sure it's like um, they're not connecting with the audience, but I, I I think it's a distribution problem as well. What do you think, Rich? Two thousand damning. I mean, of course it's 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 damning because I mean that's just stupidly low. I mean, even if you factor in a couple more thousand for yeah anything else i mean okay let's say we can get it up to five thousand or six thousand or still hopeless if it's under ten thousand for a robin book yeah right a robin like it's 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 kind of you know uh, it's really hard to but the problem with the current market now is that they kind of paint themselves into a corner where they can't cancel a book yeah because they've made such a fuss about making the character muslim or, or bi or gay or trans or whatever, that uh-huh. if they were to cancel it because it's low numbers, which any business should do, uh-huh. then people will get up in arms and say, you know, oh, you know, you, you don't want to represent this or you hate this and all that, where, mm, you know... No, that's not really the case. Like, Iron Fist got, like, the, they did a new Iron Fist that was diverse and they had the Asian Iron Fist and uh, it sucked. No, and it never got any I'm, more comics. I'm, I'm saying when they make such a fuss about it, though, no one, they didn't really make a fuss about that Iron Fist. Yeah, I know what you mean. They, they got in the news by, for five seconds with Robin Superman, being bisexual. Superman, yeah, yeah, the son of Superman being bisexual or whatever. Mm. You know, it's it's those sort of books where they almost can't. You know, um, they will eventually. They will eventually, though, Rich. This is at they, some point. Yeah, they know. At yeah. some point, they have to. But my point is, they can't just pull the cord when they want to. Like back in the day. If you did a book and it wasn't selling, you just cancelled it. There wasn't any hoo-ha, oh-hum or whatever. But I don't know. I, it's, and it's not the main reason, but I do believe it's a factor in that they're like, well, we've got to keep it, let it run for a little bit longer because... Well, I'm going to keep an eye on this. Like I'm going to keep an eye chance. on this Robin 2023 um, fucking comic. But it's not just Robin, though. I mean, all the Superman titles are selling low as well. Right. And, and it's not just Son of Superman. It's Superman himself is... You know, uh, barely hits the top ten in, wow. in comics or anything like that. I think he's he struggles to stay in the top twenty, and that's for for someone like Superman. Like, do you know what I mean? Like mm. the first superhero. That's to me, that's more damning than than Robin doing poorly. I guess, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Superman is a much bigger character. Um, I I don't know. I just a shame. I mean, I, I've always liked him, Drake, and I just feel like maybe the market just isn't there for Robin as well. Like, is is this you know if I'm because, you know, some of this is, like, let's face it, in comic books, what they've always done is throw stuff at the wall, you know, and you, you, you throw Venom at the wall. And is Venom selling? Yeah. 
fucking Autumn or Venom, you know, Deadpool, same thing, same philosophy. When they did Robin in the 90s, I mean, that was an experiment. They didn't, they'd never done Robin, and then it was a big hit, and, you know, they were sustainable. But to me, it's like, if this is selling 2,000, I've got my answer. Like, I, I'm like, okay, you've got an issue to wrap it up. It's an easy decision, well, you know? A lot of a lot of people now, you know, are in the whole, like, they like Batman without Robin, you know, Robin's yeah. lame, yeah. all that sort of stuff, which I think is bullshit. Robin makes Batman interesting, otherwise... You know, so uh, and it's a shame. Like I think, because people read less now, mm. uh, they read less comics. So I think you know something to consider is obviously their exposure they're getting in film, and we haven't had a Robin in film for a long time. Since Chris O'Donnell, was, yeah, which is not the best example. No, it's of terrible. Them. Yeah, Robin. Um, it didn't exactly endear people to the character, and it's like same with. Uh, Superman, if we got like a really well received movie that everyone liked as much as say, you know, the Batman, mm. then I'm sure his sales would be doing better. But is Robin you know? in correct me if I'm wrong, I can't remember. Is Robin in the Arkham games? Yes. Yeah, I thought and it's, he was. it's Tim as well. Yeah. Uh that yeah, no, that that is actually a good point. And I, I really liked uh Tim in yeah. the Arkham games as well. I mean I like Robin. I I like I, I guess it's old school Batman fans, and I'm sort of like I like him. I don't, you know, I'm like if if I've read many many solo Robin story, uh, solo Batman stories, and love that. But Robin has a place. But maybe as you're saying, in the modern audience, in the climate right now, um, he's just not able to support his own book. You know, like, should, really, yeah. Which sucks because I really want Robin in a Batman movie. Like for me. Yeah. With Batman, if you have a story where it's a solo Batman without Robin, that's fine. But if you make it like a character study of Batman, there's just nothing there for me. I don't yeah. find him interesting at all. Whereas if you throw Robins into the mix, he becomes actually a pretty interesting character because he goes to deal with like starting his own, you know, kind of having this family when he's sort of stunted. Well, you'll enjoy uh, the uh, the Brave and the Bold, which is the James Gunn thing. To be fair, I mean, I was... I thought... Oh, like, uh, the title, I was like, okay, but then uh, I'm a bit disappointed it's Damien because we mm. have had, like, five animated movies with Damien very recently. Sure. So I would have liked to have seen another Robin, but... Or a Robin in the Batman. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know. In the Batman sequel. Well, I know why they do. They would want to do Damien, though, is because it's a little bit easier to explain why he has a kid sidekick, because it's his kid mm. with, like, Talia Gulworth. If, and I'm not saying they're right, but I'm probably in their mind. It's like, well, it's either that or we have him take some kid off the street, essentially. And but the and original storyline with I, I hear what is, you're saying. Yeah, this is a guy that dresses up as a bat and punches people. Like you yeah, don't need to also, worry about like, that yeah, kind but of stuff. We need Batman to be grounded in reality every time. Oh fuck, I hate that. But, but <laughs> the original. When I think of Robin, I mean, I'm I'm so old fashioned. When I think of Robin, I think of Dick Grayson still. And yeah. I, the original storyline. With Robin, at least that I've seen, with the Flying Graysons and Two-Face and Dying. Can you hear me, guys? Oh, yeah. Ray. How are you, Ray? Hey, hey. How yeah. you doing? Good, man. Yeah. I didn't realise you were there. You've been lurking? Oh, yeah, just just popped in uh, just, just now. <laughs> well, I want to say hello to Ray. Uh, obviously, oh. he's on so many shows, we can't even, you know, uh, remember well, them. Hang on. Hang on, Dave and Rich. Can I just say a big congratulations also? Oh. Big 300. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Yeah, brought it up. Yeah. My, my 150-ish, but Dave's 300. Yeah, yeah 150. Jesus, yeah. yeah. You know, well, 
I was waiting to say that till the end, and now you've made me look bad. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay, Connor. Sorry, Connor. No, well, Ray, thank you so much. We're, we're, we're thank you so much for that, Ray, and uh, thank you for. Uh, well, thank you, everyone, and thank you for your previous efforts. You've come on. Now we're discussing Robin, and yep. uh, kind of like I was just saying, we were saying actually while you're here, Ray, two thousand issues is what the current Robin comic is apparently selling. According oh, wow. to my sources. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. I've said, we've sort of all agreed that's very damning. We're going to the various reasons why, which is not just quality or anything. I think it's to do with distribution. I think it's to do with mm-hmm. the complete failure of the marketing model. I think Connor's pointing to that. And also maybe the lack of Robin in current media as an you know ally or whatever sidekick of Batman. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Ray? Um, Robin... Uh, is there room for a Robin comic on the shelves now, or do you think Robin's had his day and he should just be a pure sidekick every now and then in a Batman comic? Oh, I mean, I think he's been around long enough to to warrant, you know, having having a um, a following and and you know a title. Um, the fact that he hasn't got like a regular title, I guess, is kind of maybe well, about he's, right. He's, he's got one that's selling two thousand copies a month. Is that high or low? I thought that was... that's very, very, very low. Yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah. Um, no, I mean, but it's, I, I think the sheer fact that he's been around for so long and, and he's uh, he's entered pop culture, you know, um, he's been there for quite a while. Um, everyone, I don't know, you kind of, I always think of Burt Ward. Yeah, Robin, me too. You know, me and, too. And, you know, just despite the fact that there's been, what, Chris O'Donnell and mm-hmm. um, various animated uh, series and all that, Burt Ward still is kind of like the Robin, so... Even if it's just that, like, you know, yeah, people know Robin. An interesting question uh, was Ray brought up is that, like, as you said, Dave, when you think of Robin, you think of Dick Grayson. When he thinks of Robin, he also thinks of Dick Grayson, Burt Ward. Yeah. Do you think it's that DC hasn't really done anything to keep Robin in the um, the the consciousness of people? Because obviously, Burt Ward, you know, that successful show that ran was on syndication that basically kept Robin in. Yeah people psyche for a long time yeah. but yeah. now you don't there's nothing unless oh. there's a comic and as you said maybe the occasional and little animated movie that's a bit more niche these days yeah mm-hmm. robin's not exactly mainstream i think yeah. his last big anymore. exposure outside of <laughs> batman robin movie was when he was turning up in the animated series because i feel the animated series was pretty mainstream almost at the time and yeah. there's been plenty of robin fucking animated stuff since then but i just feel it's playing to a much more niche audience, uh, yeah. as you're saying, Rich. And I just feel that that's part of the problem, I think. And, um, you know, their desperate attempts to make Robin bisexual for five seconds, well, look at the sales. That obviously didn't work, you know? I think, I just, I think, you know, I mean, before Ray, before you got here, I was seeing Robin's yeah. praises as a character. Oh. Um, yes. I, character. I really... Yeah, I really think Dick or Tim need need their day in the sun as Robin in terms of like a you know a live action film that everyone's going to see. I think that's really mm-hmm. yeah what yeah. what's going to be doing it these days. Isn't isn't Dick like more Nightwing? Nightwing now? People yeah. just yeah they want yes. to see him as Nightwing. Yeah, and there um, almost was a Nightwing movie, which I think would have been interesting. You know, I yeah. I would have watched that. Yeah. yeah, you know what? They always go back to to Dick. I mean, if you look at um. The Teen Titans uh, TV show, mm-hmm. the yeah. animated show they did, that was Dick Grayson. Oh. When yeah. they did the Young Justice animated show, that was also um, 
Dick Grayson. And then they changed it, though. Then it became Tim Drake. Yeah, well, the later later on when they did the time skip. But my point is, it, yeah, Dick Grayson is... No one really... I'm talking about mainstream here. No one mm. really associates Tim mm. as Robin. Mm. They've not yeah. done a very good job of making Tim Drake yeah. identifiable as Robin to the main um, audience or just a mainstream audience. Everyone will always think Dick Grayson, basically. It, whenever people yeah. think Robin, they'll always think original Robin. Yeah. yeah, I think they could make Tim uh, identifiable pretty easily because, like, Dick is popular as Nightwing, obviously. I think oh. you could easily put the Tim, Bruce, and uh, Dick dynamic into film. You could. And in the, um, in the uh, what's that show called, Titans, they brought in Jason and they, yeah. they definitely yeah. had Dick Grayson. I quite I don't mind that show. They had Dick Grayson as Nightwing and they had... Um, Jason there, which was interesting, I thought. I I haven't watched season three, but mm. the, the first two seasons, like some of it was good, but some of it was pretty bad. I found it all over the place. But I yeah. did like until until it became a love story, I did like Jason Todd. Mm. <laughs> until <laughs> they you know, which is like not what I want mm. I'm interested in Jason for is his love life, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. uh, interesting. We'll keep an eye on it. I'm going to keep an eye on how this Tim Drake series lasts. I, I think it's selling 2,000 issues. It probably hasn't got much more than about three or four more issues left in it. If we were back in the old yeah. days, it would be lucky to have one more. Um, and it wouldn't have one more. In the old days, I, I would have cancelled it. Well, my, my last word is, I if, okay, forget about Tim Drake. I honestly believe that they could have made something. They could have put Robin again on the map with uh, Superboy if they had done like a Super Sons cartoon or movie. Or tried to like build from there mm. with the Damien and the. They did do uh, an animated movie, Rich, I believe. No, no, no. But I'm saying if they if they'd kept those two together, mm. built a franchise around that with, without even really having Batman, like kind of you have Batman and Superman be side characters mm. who pop in and again. If you had done a comic book, kind of spun that into a maybe hopefully a successful animated show mm. and stuff, you could have actually put both that Superboy and Robin mm. or a Robin. Mm sort of in the like zeitgeist the, the, the consciousness again like uh, but yeah. they fucked it up so <laughs> yep well turning to something i don't know if i'm glad you're here Ray, because we're just about yep. to discuss wakanda forever ah. i what now i will give you my thoughts i watched i've been looking forward to it sort of and i watched it last night and today uh a very long and boring slog I felt <laughs> no. I, I got some criticism. To which I said to Dave, "That's why it's called Forever." <laughs> it, did, it did feel like Forever. Now, look, I went into it with low expectations. Uh, I don't care about Black Panther normally, anyway. Obviously, uh, sadly, the actor had died. I thought the first film was competent um, and reasonably decent. Like you know, See, it, your thoughts on the second and my thoughts on the first. Yeah. Well, then the second came oh. out. Oh, look, I didn't love the first, but anyway, then the second came out. And believe you me, the sidekicks taking center stage, they suck. Um, and look, the only thing that gives this movie any... It's a very dead movie, frankly. It moves slow. It, it it's, it's full of people just talking and boring and... Anyway, uh, Namor, um, with his weird Polynesian ways, is actually interesting and it is visually cool down in Atlantis, I will say that. Um, and he, he does inject some much-needed energy. Uh, Shuri uh, is awful. Um, Riri Williams, Shuri, together, th these two women cannot act. 
And to the point where they're just... Like, if I had a teleprompter in front of me and started reciting lines, that is all they're doing. It's just there's no emotion, there's no acting... Uh, the storyline is slow, slow, slow. Everyone's yeah. praising Angela fucking Bassett. I'm like, she's a, she's decent in the sense that like she's an actress, and so she gives her. You she, keep her name out of your mouth. She no, <laughs> look no, she um she gives her the movie. You know, she she actually acts, which is yeah. something that no one is doing around her. So it's like a player in a bad team who's actually competent. And you're like, oh, she's so good. It's like, yeah, she's just decent and doing a professional job. But there's a scene with Shuri, Riri Williams, who, by the way, I did not realise was black. And then when I saw her, I actually said, oh, that's convenient for this movie. Because everyone's like, Riri Williams is in it. Riri Williams, I, I, I honestly, maybe once years ago I knew she was black. I'd forgotten. I just write her off as the, the girl Iron Man. I don't want to hear about her. She turns up, Shuri and her, interchangeable characters. Seriously, like, they're so bland. It's so fucking funny. You do not need two of them in the scene. Anyway, it just gets worse and worse. It's so slow. I would say there's been... Uh, look, I often am... I think sometimes I, I praise these Marvel movies more than they deserve to be praised, but this was one where I was like, it's got all the money behind it, and... It, Honestly, just a really threadbare storyline, bad pacing, overly long. Uh, I was truly slogging my way through this. It reminded me, a, a franchise I actually do care about is Transformers. And those end Transformer movies, I would sit in them thinking, I should be loving this and I am mm. bored. You know? Um, yeah. I am, and this was like that. It was like, I, I think this is one of the worst uh, movies that Marvel have put out since. Iron Man, and not in terms of spectacle, in terms of like look. Of course, the look is amazing, but the fact is that this weird version of Namor, who's fresh from the fucking Pacific Islands, wherever the hell he's coming from, he is the only thing. This actor who gives it some a breath of energy, and his scenes, you actually feel like you're watching something worth watching. It's oh, decent. Listen, don't forget, you have to say his name correctly now. Hey? <sighs> Namor or something. Namor. Namor. Yeah, no, I'm not going to say Namor. That. Look, he's decent. He's decent. He's he's not the problem. The problem is, it, really, it's a script writing problem and it's an overly indulgent director who doesn't know how to chop scenes down. Um, I actually thought it was pretty poor. I'm going to give it out of 10, 3.5, and it's lucky to get 3.5. I, mm -hmm. I, it's one of the worst ones I've watched. I just can't understand why anyone... I get the race thing. I get the first thing came out during BLM and it blew up, made over a billion dollars, and it was a competent movie. This was fucking woeful. And I just, I was almost falling asleep out of pure boredom. Um, if that's what you want in your movies, guys, knock yourselves out. And people who say Marvel's slowing down, plateauing, the quality is fucking slowing down. Like, they've always had a formula, and, and, and oftentimes that formula, it's just like, it's like eating a burger from McDonald's or something. You know what you're getting. This was like I got the burger and it was cold. You know what I mean, right? It was cold. Yeah. It was tasteless. And I'm like, seriously? And they're like, oh, you've got to have another one as well because it's going to go forever. <laughs> and even the end credit, like, oh, guess what? Uh, there's a fucking other Black Panther. Who fucking cares? That was my response. I was like, you couldn't give me something decent like to do with the greater world? It's like, oh, there's more Black Panthers out there. I'm like, I don't want another one. Fuck me. I don't, do not want Black Panther 3. Um, yeah, 
honestly, 3.5 and they're lucky to get it. Actually, fuck them. Three. I don't know where they're getting 0.5 from. Three and they're lucky. And Shuri, whoever the actress is, cannot act. Riri Williams, you can't. This girl cannot act. They're, they're just. They're. Look, they, they can act in the sense that they can turn up on set. They're young, they're fit, they can pronounce the line. There's no acting going on at all. There's nothing there. Um, and they're given, you know, the most pedestrian dialogue of all time. So they're not given great material, I understand that. But Angela Bassett's not given great material either, and she at least acts. And people who are saying she deserves an Oscar, sit the fuck down. She doesn't deserve an Oscar. <laughs> she, she deserves the paycheck she got for going there because she just punched out of the job and she gave it a bit of personality. But it wasn't Oscar-worthy. This wasn't Sydney Portier, you know, or someone like that standing up and like revolutionising the fucking industry. Um, yeah, I mean they've given Oscars for bad movies, so don't get me wrong. There's a lot of bad actors who've won Oscars. She's a good actor. The role is mediocre. The film is mediocre. Uh, three out of ten. Uh, Ray, are you going to defend this movie, Ray? Are you going to come in? Oh, you know, well, I I get to follow up. Yeah, you <laughs> follow up, Ray. You're first up, man. Awesome, awesome. Um, I had a, a different view to you, yeah. Dave. Wow. Um, <laughs> now, look, um, I just want to point out as well, look, yeah. Dave and I, we did speak. Um, I, I think with a lot of people um, who are Marvel fans watching, is it Phase 4? Um, it's like Phase 47, like, but anyway. Yeah, I think they've lot I'm, – I'm not saying fatigue, but I'm just losing a bit of momentum and um, – uh, steam when it comes I'm to not looking fatigue, but I am tired. <laughs> <laughs> but when it uh, no, but it's just I'm I'm less less like amped and pumped. Uh, so previously, you know, with um, Captain America, Iron Man, and yeah. when they got together, this was like a it was like a magical moment because the the thing was that you had those solo movies and then they mm. kind of banded together and that was a a special thing and then you had Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet and. You know, having read that in the 90s, that was just, it was amazing to see translated onto screen. Um, after, you know, Endgame, um, which wrapped up so well, I thought, I've just, I found it just different. The pace um, is a little bit slower. And, and so I'd, I'd agree, Dave, to the extent that Black, well, kind of forever, look, I still enjoyed it, but it's, it's nowhere near the levels of enjoyment as I have gotten for say Winter Soldier or oh, yeah. you know some of the other the other previous phases, um, even compared to I guess the movies that have come out now. I mean, what else? What other MCU is Love and Thunder? Is that the only other Love one? Love and Thunder was the most one before this. Love and, and Thunder then, and Doctor Love Strange. And Thunder, Doctor Strange. Look, I actually enjoyed this. Maybe well, I was disappointed in Doctor Strange. Mm. Um, and Love and Thunder was just Love and Thunder you know, was, was in, fucking appalling. Let's it was it. enjoyable, but just totally forgettable. Oh, um, Russell Crowe gave, the, I would say, one of the worst oh, yeah. performances Russell Crowe was fucking Russell Crowe was ever. No, but like with Love and Thunder, like similar, the, the visuals, like Taika Waititi knows how to paint a, a, a nice scene, you know? Um, so it was nice to kind of look at, but yeah, it was kind of forgettable. But you know what? To so, me, that doesn't count. I'm like, you got yeah, all okay. the money. You got the, all the money in the world now. Yeah. You you can create some nice CGI. Well done. You know, like yeah. so fucking what is kind of what I'm is my attitude now. I'm like, it's pretty, yeah, it's yeah. pretty. There's pretty moments in Wakanda forever. Like a Glanus looks great. Yeah, oh, except we don't call up, it a Glanus; it's called something else. They have to come up with those visuals, though. So the artists, the the conceptual art for that, sure. you know, it's not like it's like sure. we've got the CGI. We're going to immediately get beautiful like cinematography. Sure, they, yeah, they come up with CGI. So that's, 
Yeah. Um, but the, I, I find, yeah. So going back to Wakanda forever, mm. I, I enjoyed it. Number one, cause of Namor or Namor, he was, um, he was, he was good. He was, oh. he was really cool. I'd love to see more of him in the future movies. Me too. Um, I felt Letitia, Letitia Wright. I think that's Shuri. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, I can see what you mean though, because, but she, she had a little journey of her own in that, in this movie. Like she was kind of numb. Um, compared to her kind of jovial self in the previous films. <laughs> like, this was her, like, you know, death of her, <laughs> well, death of her brother. Well, previous film? Is that what you mean, film? Like, well, what, no, what she, she was also in, in Infinity, uh, Infinity Was it a blink War and you well. miss it? Was it a blink and you miss it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, a couple of scenes. But, like, she was <laughs> but she was in it. She was okay, in it. So, yeah. right. um, so whenever you saw her on screen, she was kind of like the young, kind of young genius. Yeah, we, we I know. It, it, people yeah. were like, how, do you Can remember I, the people from Black Panther? Oh, sure, he's the greatest character of all yeah, time. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, one yeah. of the most fucking cliched characters of all time. Yeah, yeah. Um, can, anyway. Can I, just, can I just say something quickly? Yeah. What I find so funny about Riri um, Williams, right, is one of the biggest complaints a lot of people had when she was first introduced into the comics was that she was this brand new character, sucked. no ties to, to Tony Stark or anything like that, yeah. and just becomes like a, a new sort of Iron Man, you know, replacement. And instead of them <laughs> saying, you know, well, you know what, let's fix that in the movies <laughs> no, yeah. and actually introduce her as, you know, even someone that works with Tony Stark or someone that Tony Stark knows or, you know, a young kid that he's helping the, you know, the family or to, to give her some kind of, they're still like, now nah, just fuck it, we'll just introduce Wiz, her. One actually, day I've got a question, oh, look, geniuses, right? are, geniuses are popping up all over the oh, MCU. Oh, I've got a question, Ray, it. because I must admit, I was also working at the same time that I was watching it yeah. up after about halfway. Was there, like, I and this shows you I was not exactly watching hard. Mm. Um, was there any, was there a connection to the Starks at all? And did she fly around no. in a proper Iron Man suit? Because I was kind of confused. No, 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 she, she, I think she was inspired by his suit, but right. she's got no, okay. no connection to him at all. She, she was helping the CIA or, or whatever the government come up with right. technology to um, detect vibranium. But, but so, then why did they want to go yeah. and kill her? I didn't understand that. Oh, look, I, I don't know. That's okay. yeah. I but can't, did can't she remember. have it? Did she in this movie? Okay, yeah. in this fucking film, as yeah. it went into its fifth hour. Did she actually have like an Iron Manish suit? Because yeah, I she thought, did. Yeah, yeah, I in thought the final. so. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't seem to show it a lot. Nah, nah. So she she had it like she got to have her dream come true because she got to use all the <laughs> technology in right. Wakanda. You know, so they helped make they helped her make the suit. Oh, uh, um, see, I think this is where I was fading out. Yeah, and I was yeah, just yeah. like, because because I was like at one point I was like. Does this shit just happen? Like, Rich, like you're saying, like, did she just happen to have an Iron Man suit? I didn't understand. Like, no, no. She had the opportunity in Wakanda to, to make one. And, and she what, had a, she had was, a hodgepodge. Yeah, right. She had a, like, a, a, like a hodgepodge of a suit that she'd been making for But they did for, do like, the Tony Stark thing where they do her face inside it. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I looked up at one part and she was doing that. I was like, oh, great. So she's got a little Iron Man suit. I want to see yeah. what it looks like because I, I think I'd stop paying attention at this it's point. A little, it's a little different, I mean, from the – but it's – I mean, it still looks like an iron an iron suit. So she so. just just by her own genius just reverse engineered it from nothing. Is yeah. that what happened? I, mean, I, think, I think that's what happens in the comics as well, right? She just – Yeah, and guess who wrote yeah. the comic? Fucking Bendis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. He, he's written a lot of bad yeah. comics in the last 20 years yeah. and, and apparently yeah. – Rich, did you know this? I didn't know this because I didn't know she was even black. That was news to me. I was like, when I saw she was black, I was like, ah, now I see why she's in this. Like, because before <laughs> that, I was like, why is this white chick going to be in Black Panther? Wouldn't they have found like mm. a black sidekick? And they, no, they, no, Bendis no, fucking, really... Bendis fucking read the tea leaves. 
And apparently, <laughs> none of this is true, but apparently he's got like a young black daughter or something. And this was like, yeah. he wrote this in. And I was like, I mean, I was, look, you gotta, yeah. look at Naomi, look at Miles Morales, like all these characters. So he's got a very multiracial black. family going on. Um, yeah. Naomi, wow, she was a uh, terrible guy. Yeah, I know, but like his creations, creation, they're all. But, but like, yeah, am I the only, like, yeah. I, I'm like, yay for Bendis. He's got like a multiracial family. Good for him. But like, is this guy so devoid of inspiration that he just looks around? He's just like, what the fuck can I create? <laughs> oh, look, I've got a black child. Create black child. What's your name? Riri. Her name is Riri. Like, it's like, I just. Is her name Riri as well? I don't know, right? Oh, okay. But like, he sees a cat, I'll write a cat. <laughs> just Dave. Assuming, which could but be correct. I just, I just, what I'm trying to say is, this is so fucking lame, is basically what mm. I'm trying to say. Like, it's lame as fuck. Like, Riri Williams is a fucking shit character, terrible character, doesn't need to be there. What this movie didn't need was another young little genius. Because there's already mm. a fucking Shuri running around, little Miss Genius. We didn't need, well, you know, another one. Yeah, that, that, this is the thing as well. I don't know. I mean, we know Secret Wars and Kang is all that is coming up. And, you know, Fantastic Four. I don't know where they're going with this, the MCU. So the, the, it was a little Galactus, bit less clear. I don't you know? know either. I hope Galactus. Yeah, I think, yeah, I th I think they're, yeah, I mean, they're playing it kind of a bit loose here. Yeah, so, so I don't know how. was there any yeah. connection, Ray? Yep. Because I must have been, I faded out badly. Um, I was, it lost me at about three quarters. I was just like, I'd give up. I was working. Oh, look, look, let me, look, before we go, someone, let me, yeah. oh, three out of 10, I'll give it a seven out of 10. Wow. I, I actually, I enjoyed it. Um, wow. But it, it's not, it's not one of the, you know, it's not one of the great. How's that like, Disney know, cash in the account, Ray, for that opinion? <laughs> Feeling pretty no, good? Seven, seven out of 10 is seven not outstanding. It's, wow. it's, um, a decent film. Um, yeah. And I, Did you I find it overly long after. Though, Ray? No, no, not at all. But see, the thing is, Dave, I I set myself out to watch it. Like I wasn't working, yeah. you know, yeah, you, looking at the screen. Or like I just I focused on it. So focused. I made it a bit of a yeah. I, of a I, thing. I must admit, I started focused, and then as the hours ticked by, yeah. I just by the end <laughs> I was on my phone. I think I was talking to you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was I was doing everything but watching the screen to a point yeah, where yeah. I got to a point. Where I, Namor was the only part of that movie where I would watch his scenes. Namor was cool. Yeah. I loved it because he um, he played it well. The actor. Yeah. Um, I mean, it it's, it was written. It was very kind of stock standard. But the fact that you know he was kind, but at the same time he's you know, I will kill I will kill you if you know if you don't give me what I want. So in the um, end, does that. he yeah. he doesn't die or anything? Like, no, what, he doesn't. What, no, what happened to give, Namor he, in the end? They get a truce because he's about to die. I mean, like yeah. the Black Panther had him. Yeah, you know, um, and you know, she could have like ended it, yeah. and that was Riri. That was not Riri. That was Shuri's arc. I like, you mean, I think you mean a Black Panther, not the Black Panther. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, the current Black Panther, the current I guess. Black in, Panther. In the, in the and by the MCU. way, you know, by the way, uh, for listeners who are going to be like, "Oh, Dave's so sexist," I couldn't care less that Shuri's Black Panther. Good, let her be. I don't because I don't fucking care about Black Panther. Dave, in just the first own your sexism. Just own no, 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 no. I, no, I actually say this. I actually say I care so little about Black Panther, i.e. whatever the fucking normal guy's called. I don't even know his name. What's his name? The 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 character. Yeah. T'Challa. Oh, no, T'Challa. I yeah. couldn't give two shits about T'Challa on his best day. And yeah. the fact that little Miss Shuri, little Miss Independent, has rolled in to the suit, good for her. Because, you yeah. know what, she couldn't be any more boring than he was, you know? And 
So good. I mean, you know, it's a strike for diversity. Dave, all for women's mm. rights. She's got the job. Good for her. Um, but yeah, Namor was cool. So he escapes at the end, basically, right? He does a truce. And, well, and they come up with the truce, and, and he actually describes at the end that, like, there's a bit of, you know, um, planning behind it. You know, he says to uh, Namora, I think, um, yeah. his offsider. Yeah. He's saying, look, you know, we, we kind of need them on our side anyway. So when. You know, when they do get the shits with everyone else, you know, we can ban, we can ally together. He's playing. I think you know, it's cool. I think it's playing no, diplomacy. Yeah, you know that part games. of the movie. It, I know. I know. I gave it three, but it was a, one of those movies where some of the little side bits I mm. found interesting. So I found the Namor stuff and the little bit of politicking very interesting. I wish I'd gone into it more. Mm. I also liked uh, Julia, what's the name, Dreyfus, and her little oh, side yeah. story. Where she's setting up the thunderbolts, and she's like a she, she's kind of a bad actor in the terms of like bad, you know, Cladstein yeah. black ops kind of stuff. I love that. There was only a little sprinkling of it in the movie, but I thought it was cool. Yeah. You know, I liked her relationship. I didn't realize it. Well, in this instance, her relationship with uh, Everett Ross. Yes. So they were they were wed, like they were married yeah. before. Yeah. But she's his boss now, so yeah, she. I yeah. and like so she's setting up the Thunderbolts in the TV yep. stuff, isn't she? So that you're going to see the yeah. captain and all that kind of, see, I, I'll watch that. I think that's cool. Um, yeah. all right. So Rich, you obviously haven't seen it. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, you do. So, <laughs> you know, and, and I think Rich, I suppose. All I know is Namor. Namor. Look, in all honesty, in all honesty, he's, he's probably the best thing in the movie. You know, yeah. I, I, I like, I, I, I like, I like the idea about how they, um, managed to successfully create a synthetic, like Herb. Yeah. So I thought that was a, a cool, because they, because pretty much, um, what's his name? Um, Michael B. Jordan, um, Killmonger. He, he destroyed all of those Herbs. Yeah. In Black Panther. So there's no other way to get a Black Panther back. So I like the idea that, oh, that was cool. um, Shuri, yeah, yeah cre managed to create a, an artificial one, a synthetic one. I agree. Um, I also yeah. thought, oh God, there was something else. Oh yeah. You know, with the scene that's cool, the yeah. scene where then, I don't know what you call them, Namor's people turn into yep. fucking Atlantans or whatever the hell they're called. Yeah. I mean, it was a trippy scene. I was like, wow. Oh, you mean the the, the origin? Yeah, that was yeah. very cool. Yeah, the, yeah. Ori the there's a good origin scene, Rich. Rich, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. You, you could do like probably a five to eight minute clip of the good bits in this movie that are interesting. And that, that origin was actually really cool. Yeah. Um, it showed yeah. that I'm not, I'm not watching this movie until I get the Antonio Banderas cut where he plays Namor. Can you explain <laughs> to me what happened in that scene, Ray? Because they seemed very untroubled by their sudden turn into fish creatures. I thought they were just yeah. Like, so, oh, yeah. um, look, I, I can't remember the, the details, but the, the thing was with Namor's, um, uh, mum, um, there was, there was some, I think plant that was infused or, Got affected by vibranium underwater, so oh. it was a, a, a toxic like plant. Right, and they they found that, and they somehow ingested it, or it became you know they it was part of their diet or something. Right, um, and that kind of slowly turned them into yeah. It's not slowly; they were suddenly turned. Oh, they were suddenly. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't remember, but yeah, they they suddenly. they started going into the water. Yeah, and and I think that's what gave them their I guess their durability and their you know their strength. Um, okay. it doesn't really explain why they ended up. Being... It was interesting though. It was a good scene. I thought. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was great. I, I like the um the origin of of Namor actually, and I I would have th initially I was kind of um <laughs> like against 
the changes that they made to, to the Submariner when they announced it and showed all the, sure. the concept art. Um, but, yeah, I, I really enjoyed how the Atlanteans have kind of come about. No, I thought um, it was they're, they're not called origin. Atlanteans, yeah. though, right? No, no, they're not. No, no. Something. Why is it not called Atlantis? Is it just due to rights with Aquaman? I yeah I don't know I don't, I, I I just think that I thought that they were just Atlanteans and I, in my head they they were yeah so. yeah yeah like yeah. in all honesty there's a there's a movie there about them and I guess mm. with Fantastic Four Namor may yeah. definitely play a role Ooh, um, and Doctor Doom get those two together yeah well well what about Namor and Sue Storm banging I can imagine <laughs> that very very fucking vividly. Um, <laughs> Do you think they'll make that movie, Ray, that I want? I don't know. I'm sure probably. Probably, probably on another shelf in the video. Yeah, video's I wonder though. if Marlene may, you know, kind of poke her <laughs> head in. Uh, <laughs> any scenes ever with Marlene and Namor, Ray, that you're aware of? No. No, they've never crossed paths, Dave. <laughs> Maybe I might need to write that one up, get the old typewriter out. <laughs> I'm, she's never far away from my thoughts, Ray. You know? No, no, apparently. <laughs> uh, now, okay, so that's that. Uh, Connor, I'm assuming you didn't watch Wakanda Fever. Uh, I've been in a coma, but I just woke okay. up. All right, good. Now, the next the next thing we've got to discuss is Adam the Computer has seen Ant-Man. Um, what's it called, Ray? What? Ant- has he? Yeah. Quantumania. Ant- Quantumania, yes. And oh, it's out already, isn't it's, it? It's yeah. out. So he's got a review. Um there is. Do you care, Ray, if I reveal the post credits thing? Because there's one cool thing in the post credits. Are you okay? Oh, okay. Go for it's it. It's not mean, that fucking yeah. great. Either. It's not that great either. Ray. Okay. Yeah. So now I will tell you this: Ralph uh, Angelino um, on Facebook, big pal of mine, and Chucks uh, loved it. So he gave Ant Man, and he fucking oh, wow. hates Wakanda forever. Um, and we are very yeah. much, we are very similar in our tastes. We 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 call yeah. it like we say. He loved Ant Man. Uh, was, wow! Cool. Yeah, lo- loved it. Like double thumbs up, and he was even wow. destroying naysayers in classic Ralph style. Yeah. Can, can I just say it's probably the one I'm looking forward to the most. Out me too. Of what, what me too. Come. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Me too. Now, anyway, so but Adam the computer, we all know him by his rep. You know, he's done mm. hundreds of episodes with me. Not sure I have an opinion. Mm. Here it is. I said to him. So I said to him, "Send me a full review, can you please? Send me your full review, including any cool spoilers I can discuss on the show." Thanks, Ben. Especially anything on Kang, Wolverine, or X-Men Ooh. FF. So I was just making sure of that. Okay. And Richard, I almost was going to write Ghost Rider, but I thought probably not going to get it wrong. Um, so he said, sure, no X-Men or FF. So that was disappointing to start with. And then he said, it wasn't very good. About on par with the previous, but with more science fiction mumbo-jumbo. His daughter is growing now and is essentially the best lead with, Re- with Rudd, Lily... Pfeiffer, uh, Pfeiffer, yeah, I'm sure Pfeiffer, Ed Douglas. Uh, Kang and MODOK are the villains. MODOK. MODOK, now I read this in a, in a, a newspaper review. MODOK wow. is pretty silly and is the uh-huh. villain from the first movie whose body was mutated. So if you recall the first film, that guy played like Yellow Jacket or something. I don't know what yeah. the character's name was. That's a guess. But anyway, whoever yeah. that guy was, he's now MODOK. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, Kang was interesting. And he's the reason I want to see it, but doesn't really get a chance to shine. He got stuck in the quantum realm and knew Michelle Pfeiffer there. Uh, post-credits, tease a council of Kangs and a Kang variant in Loki Season 2. Um, and he says, and I was like, okay, that's cool, that sounds cool. I, I like 
That's the Kang stuff. That's what I'm most interested in. So it, it, apparently Kang, I don't think he gets that much to do in this movie. Mm-hmm. He said, I am excited for the Kang stuff. Your mileage may vary. I'm actually kind of excited for Kang. Kind of lame to have him defeated by Ant-Man in his first movie, though. I said, yeah, that is true. Um, Ant-Man's powerful. He's, he's dude, underestimated. Uh, Ray, Ant-Man sucks. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get real, Ray. Come on. Uh, Ray, he's, he's yeah. you know what you say to that, Ray? Yeah. <laughs> You say Batman sucks. Well, it's, you know, it's not even a contest. It's too easy, kind of. It's too easy. Uh, yeah, come on. Uh, no Reed Richards. Nothing like that because that was my oh, that was my man. question. Um, Bill Murray cameo was very small. I read this as oh. well. Apparently, the Bill Murray cameo is infinitesimal. Like uh, he oh. says, he went to the bathroom after his first few lines and missed most of the act. Part, but I've read elsewhere that Bill Murray's it's blinking you miss it. It's just why, why is he in it? Yeah, why? Why even uh, bother? Cash, I would suggest. Um, yeah, yeah. Odd. <laughs> I would suggest waste money. Potentially just the check that turn up in Bill Murray's like post box. Yeah, but if, the if no one, if no one even notices that he's in it, what's the point? Because we're talking about it, man. Because people yeah. know Bill Murray's in it, so they're just like, oh my god! Oh, I reckon they'll, they'll go to the movie just. Bill to see Murray's yeah, so hilarious, you know. Like they're hoping it's like Jeff Goldblum. Here's a question, though: Does anyone think that maybe he was cut out of the movie? More? Oh, possibly. Yeah. I doubt yeah. it. Why? Maybe well, after, well, after well, what well, has come out well, the, on the. Oh the come on! Payment. That was uh, that was some no, bullshit. That, fucking. That could could be. Like you never know. I guess. Yeah. But what 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 did he do? Where well, he was mean to someone or something, wasn't it? That wasn't that yeah. it. Like, he was, uh, was like sexually harassing. Of, yeah, harassment yeah. and abuse or some shit or whatever. Yeah. I don't. Bill, Bill Murray. We're not. We're not, we're not here to say whether it's true or not. I'm just saying maybe. Yeah. Allegedly, they Allegedly. cut out more of his part yeah, because of that. Maybe. I could be. Yeah. yeah. Totally. What about Michael Douglas, sex addict? Like you fucking <laughs> left a trail of fucking. You know, like yes. if if we're applying that, like how does Robert Downey Jr. get a role? With his hardcore yeah. drug abuse all through the nineties, like you know, yeah. like you know what I mean. Well, like, hang on, why do you remember it, Dave? Dave, hang on. To be fair, went to jail. His drug use is his problem. He, didn't he went to jail. Anyone mm. else to take drugs? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's yeah, All right. So point. crack. It was also a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. And he, and he paid for it as well, didn't he? Go to jail. He, he did go to jail. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. He went to prison. He went to like, and I love Robert Downey Jr. He went to prison. Bill Murray yeah. is a free man. You know. A lot of yeah, free so criminals, sure Dave, but a lot of free criminals. That's the problem. <laughs> My point is, I'm saying if we're going to apply these standards to Hollywood actors, we're going to find a lot of them shouldn't be on screen, you know? Yeah, but the difference that's, is, that's is the when law. it comes out, right. Dave, that shit that happened with his drugs was well before he got cast as, as Iron Man and everyone yeah. knew about it. It's mm. not something yeah, that came to light like after he, yeah. he got Iron Man. Yeah. Yes. Once you with served, a gun, Dave. Once you've served your time in prison, like, that should be it. But it's yeah, not. Well, done it. That's your penance. But okay. But what if? And he's trying but, to. It's, it's not like he's a repeat offender. <laughs> but, but it's not like he's. He's. Try, he made. He turned his look, life around. Look, I'm a huge supporter of Robert Downey Jr. But what if you've raped someone? You can't. What if you murdered someone? I, I, I'm pretty confident that would affect your career. Well, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah. So <laughs> no, I know. But what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say here is though that like these. Uh, firstly, I don't believe that Bill Murray's scenes were cut in the first place. Because I think yeah. that that so-called controversy was a fucking, like, a storm in a teacup. I can't even recall what the details were. It was a couple of people <laughs> had a few bad things to say. Dave, you don't recall last week's show. I know, but what I'm trying to say <laughs> is I do not believe they were cut for that reason. But also, yeah, yeah, plenty of actors who are working right now have a history of scandal. 
Plenty, oh, absolutely. plenty, yeah. like yeah, plenty, yeah. and I'm they're sure working and they're earning sure and this shit, you know, like the only difference is that Bill Murray has got called out for it mm. for his for his stuff. Yeah, but yeah. how how serious was it, Ray? Oh, look, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, only from serious. what I've read, so yeah. it wasn't exactly Weinstein, you know. Bill, let's no. type it in. Bill Murray allegations. Was oh, it not as know. not as bad as Bill Cosby? Was it, yeah, it wasn't. Let's, 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 Inappropriate behaviour. He was mean to someone. They had a difference of opinion. You know, he pinned a girl down on a bed or something. I don't know and... about that, right? You got some more yeah. stuff there. Okay. <laughs> Look, I mean, I, I wouldn't surprise me. He's always been a bit of an eccentric crank. So I don't know. All I'm saying is that a lot of people were demanding that he get cut out of the movie or that he get replaced in the movie. I'm just saying maybe not yeah. that they cut him down from an hour to like five minutes but right. maybe he had 15 or okay. 18 minutes worth of scene and they cut him down to like six or seven minutes i'm just saying maybe they just yeah. cut it a bit because sure. PR. There was so much, right. like people demanding that he get removed from the yeah, yeah i don't know i'm just saying maybe maybe but yeah and i but reckon d- i can see that i can see that but does he have other films lined up like you know is it like is he never working I again i doubt it I'm sure he's got... He's very selective up. with what he, he does is. anyway. He is. He so, is. Yeah. Very selective. Well, I'm looking at his IMDb right now, so we can we can answer this question. Let's have a look. Uh, well, right now, upcoming two. Okay. Two films. One's animated. One's something called Being Mortal in production. So he's got two things going on. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's not like he's a box office bonanza these days. Yeah, he's a yeah. character actor. Well, he had his time in the sun, had you know, back in the eighties. So, I'm a bit of a fan. Uh, anyway, and then so anyway, so moving on from that, um, he Adam said about Kang, they didn't really give him his time to shine. The movie, I'd say, was not much worse than the other recent MCU failures. He's referring to Love and Thunder, especially, yeah. and I don't think he was a big right. fan of Doctor Strange. Uh, and then he makes a comment. And I want to I'm going to go around the table. I'm going to start with Rich. I just really feel the MCU could be overtaken by the new DC stuff pretty easily. Rich, your thoughts? Uh, it certainly could. I don't think it's easily though, but it certainly could if they if they pull their finger out. Sure. Sure. Connor, thoughts? Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I'm like uh, if it. If it does, it does. I don't know. Whatever. As long as I get like a good movie now and then, I'll be happy. Okay. So on the fence then. Um, yeah. Ray, your thoughts on this? And let's get a proper response from you, please. Yeah. Okay. Oh, look, I was about to say, look, it, it, like Rich, I mean, it could, but who knows? We don't know yet. We haven't seen anything from Gunn's DC Universe. So it could be really, really good. It could be absolute crap. And How are you guys just, down with the track when you're picking horses? How are you guys down the track? you take a long time, make a decision, Ray, or you just throw your money on you know, a fucking number? Like, Jesus Christ, make oh. a decision. Um, no, that's it. I, 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 think, I, I, think there's, gamble. I think there's high potential, man. I think there's high potential. Uh, I think this Flash movie could be, I'm going to say right now, I think it could be the biggest earning DC movie of all time. Oh, really? Yep, I do. Yeah, I've said it. I've said it, guys. No way. Didn't Joker get a billion? I think this will get a billion or more. A billion or more, Flash? man. Flash. Uh, I'm Here's pretty sure Aquaman did a billion as well. Yeah. yeah. Plenty of movies have done a billion. Like, yeah, I, I would think Flash, if it doesn't make a billion, will be a big disappointment. I think it's going to make a billion dollars. How about Black Adam? What did that make? Didn't did that not, make a did, billion? It didn't go close to a I don't even think it made no. 500. I think it made no, about it three, didn't, 380. Didn't made about oh. 380. Uh, oh, from wow. memory, um, yeah, I think Flash is going to be absolutely enormous. Uh, enormous. Look, the trailer looks fun. Yeah, I'd say that. 
Yeah. Right. yeah. Come on, guys. I'm trying to pump it up here so my fucking thing can come I don't through. know about Ezra Miller. How, how much appeal does Ezra Miller have? Well, I mean, to cultists, um, a lot. To to the family he was holding allegedly hostage, uh, potentially a lot. But uh, outside You're of right. them, I'm not sure. I mean, they, okay. the person who he threw the chair at in Hawaii is probably not a fan. <laughs> when he pegged that chair at them across the room. And, or the chick that he strangled. Or the chick he strangled. Yeah, she may also probably not turn up, I would suggest. Because yeah. um, I think, you know, the big... Oh, I don't know. That's no, probably not then. And then he laughed it off as a joke. Remember that, Rich? He laughed it off as a joke. Oh, it's just a joke. Yeah. It was just a joke. Yeah, yeah. I was just strangling her for fun. I was just pretending to kill her. Yeah, I was like, oh, that was just a joke. Yeah. And she's like gasping for air. <laughs> He's like, Why aren't you laughing? He's like, Why aren't you laughing? He should have done like a joker, like, ha, ah, it's like cackling and stuff. <laughs> just really getting into character. Um, anyway, look, I think we've covered the Ant-Man hype. Uh, the Council of Kangs, I'm excited. Um, but sadly, that's right at the end, Ray. Uh, what I, I did okay. read, I did read a review in um, Sydney Morning Herald, which said it's sad to see Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas have been reduced to this. And I was, oh, really? But I was like, they're getting paid fucking good Dude, money. I, oh, I you know what? They should be thankful. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. And the movie roles come in their way. Well, right exactly. Now. Like their careers have slowed to a crawl. You know what I mean? Like, it's God. probably some. Probably some film critic that you know doesn't like any comic book movie. Oh no, anyway. he hates it. Yeah, no, he was yeah, he was yeah. bagging Plus, on the whole Marvel thing. Michelle Pfeiffer was in Dangerous uh, Minds. That's like Loved one it. of the worst movies ever. Whoa, oh. <laughs> uh, it's one of my favorite oh, fucking oh, movies, man! Oh, Come on, oh. Jesus Christ! What are oh, we? What can I, what, what can I say? <laughs> I don't know what you, you're smoking, man, at that end. But let me tell you, Dangerous Minds is a great fucking you're, film. To clarify, you're the one who was smoking at the time, not me. I'm just saying. <laughs> I was smoking a lot back then. 95. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Coolio. I think he sadly passed away recently. Uh, yeah. He's got oh, the gangster's really? paradise. Yeah. Well, it lives to see 24. 24. I don't know. Um, oh, did you make mention Raquel Welsh passed away, Dave? Did yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah. One of yep. the um, uh, most glamorous and beautiful women to ever grace the screen. Uh, fantastic movie, Bandolero, with uh, Dean Martin, uh, which I'm very mm. fond of. She was a stunner, really, honestly. Like, yeah. pure, just flat-out sexy bombshell, like, lit up the screen, uh, sadly missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, 82, she punched out at, um, decent age, a lot yeah, of hits age. behind her. Yeah, no, she revolutionised Hollywood. Um, now, movie review time. Uh, we're doing 300 with the trade of the week. Uh, because it's episode 300. And was it Urich who said we'll do 300 Spartans? Um, which was the film that Frank Miller watched at a very young age and really inspired him and was totally, you know, the reason he did 300. It was like, that was the whole genesis of the whole thing. You know what I, f- I found so fascinating about this is that, like, this movie is, like, good, uh, 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 Good for his time. It's got that sort of old school. I loved it. Um, epic sort of feel for it, right? But it is a bit more drier, obviously, than Frank Miller's mm. version. But I, I love that there's like this. Um, it, it gets better. So, so the Three Hundred Spartans is a really good movie. Like, mm. it's fantastic. It's very like epic. Then I feel like his book, while a bit muddy, because I'm not a big fan of his art necessarily, can go from good to almost like childlike. Um, was a much more like visceral um, sort of retelling of it. And I actually think, and I'm not the, the man's biggest fan, but I think, think Snyder improves the, the book 
300 sure. uh, as a movie. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's very easy to do, like it's like this story gets better with each version. Mm. Yeah, uh, and I this movie, is, it's got that sort of Ben-Hur, very epic. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, Roman, uh, even like Xerxes comes across as quite almost like regular. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not not quite that sort of like over-the-top god, emperor kind of thing and all that. that well, she definitely was in the movie 300, I recall, that scene. Well, and, and the book. And the, and the book, and the comic, yeah. yeah. And all that. So, um, uh, yeah, but this this is a much more, again, this is old Hollywood. This is a bit more dry, but still epic in its own regard. Um, I enjoyed uh, and, it. And, and I, I, quality acting as well, which is good. You know, guys that really give it that all to give it that sort of, um, I, I don't know. I would just call it the Ben-Hur feeling. You know what Definitely I mean? the sword and sandals feeling. Richard Egan as King Leonidas uh, was fantastic, mm. I felt. Real old classic Hollywood. And it played it straight down the line, just how I like it. And um, I thought he was excellent. Uh, I did feel the death scene was a little underwhelming at the end. I was like, wow. He, he... The problem is I don't think they could have pulled it off with with the time of the filming. You know what I mean? They didn't really have special effects to yeah. really do like a rain of arrows, you know, in, into a group of soldiers quite, mm. yeah. you know, without hurting anyone. It just felt and like so... a, a little battle at school or something, like Cowboys yeah, and Indians. Yeah, it did and... have a little feeling, but again, when you look at it today, oh, look, let's be honest, if you watched that back in the day, it would have probably seemed way more epic. Yeah. The problem is, is, Special effects and um, cinematography have gone so much better. We can make something that look look better, and we've seen better. That yes, now it looks yeah. almost childish. But but the actual film, its pacing and stuff. I mean, I was enjoying. I um want to say this as a you know probably twelve years old. My mum had a lot of books on ancient history, like you know Roman, Greek, etc. And I read the Greek cover to cover, and that was where I first learned of this battle. Uh, it's where is it? Thermopylae, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, I, where, where yeah. I first learned of this, and I remember reading it, and it was written. These books were from the late sixties, and probably drawing quite a bit of inspiration from sort of this movie and stuff. And um, it was told very dramatically, and it entranced my imagination because I, I literally did not know about it until I read it in this book. And um, the drama has always stuck with me of just like that aspect of that war and everything like that and all the stuff that happened around it, like the naval battle and stuff. It was gripping to me as a, you know, 11, 12 year old. And um, I thought this film did it really well. I mean, for its time, I love a sort of sandal epic as well. Like My, my favourite thing, and, and it's carried across in all versions of it, is when he basically just goes, I'm going to go for a walk. Yeah. And they're like, well, you better take your 300 bodyguards with you and it's like, where will you go? Oh, I don't know. I think I'll walk north. I'll yeah. Walk north somewhere. And they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, he's going to go fight. So the whole point of it uh, that um, I recall is it's to fight basically like a holding action to delay the Persian army, isn't it? Is that right? Uh, well, so basically, yeah. So, uh, so the Persians kind of like paid off a lot of the higher-ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in not just like Sparta, but in Greece and all that to sort of uh, delay. And so the Spartans were like set to, like the, the Spartan king was set to go and march and all of Greece was going to march. But then then all of a sudden like his elders or his, you know, yeah. um, the leaders are basically like, oh no, you can go after the festival. And he's, you know, and the, the whole point is like, well, if we go after, how can we have a festival when there's an army marching on us? And even if we do have the festival first, will be enslaved by the yeah. time the festival finishes. So yeah. uh, it was him him going against the wishes of 
um you know the 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 elders or the higher ups or or in in Frank Miller's version the sort of oracles yep. and they're paid uh, off as well in, in Frank Miller's one they're paid off yeah. by the um Persians well yeah there's also that um I forgot what I was going to say oh and also <laughs> it wasn't way. just the 300 Spartans they were um like uh, Greek yeah. soldiers although yeah. they were um sort of more sort of part-time soldiers a, or a lot of auxil- auxiliaries and stuff wasn't there that kind yeah. of stuff yeah well, that they had, yeah, they had like the thespians, which the the three hundred Spartans are there in that too. Mm. Um, made their last stand with the Spartans. I think they had uh, it was like four hundred or seven hundred. And oh, yeah, no, stand with them. Um, but yes, they, they, there was yeah. more than just the Spartans. There's no waste three hundred. Can I ask a question? And this is going to sound so fucking stupid. Like the thespians, which in Frank Miller's one get destroyed by Xerxes when um the crippled guys pointing down to them. Uh, is that where, like, I, I feel so dumb in asking this question. Is that where Thespian as actors come from? Because there were a lot of actors in Thespia. Is, I was just wondering. Uh, I, look, I don't know yet. Maybe. I will know. Um, I, I thought I just but, thought um, it was potential, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I would say there's certainly a link there because obviously theatre came from... Uh, Mm. For them, it was just a really graphic yeah. reenactment, right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> they were reenacting it live. <laughs> like, let's pretend we're about to get murdered. <laughs> this be really realistic. Um, yeah, it's called method acting. I've got a, so I've got a like. It's a great movie. It's it's sort of sound picks. Oh, it's sorry, um, I just remembered. Yeah, what I was going to say just mm. before I forget again. Mm. Um, the, the another reason uh, is like with with the marching and why the Leonidas marches because they miss the Battle of Marathon. Mm. Uh, ten years beforehand, where the Athenians mm. decisively defeated yes. uh, the Persians, and they were like Spartan. Oh, there's Xerxes' father. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because that um, was a that, land no, invasion, wasn't it? Wasn't that an invasion by sea? Did, yes. Sea. Uh, sea. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the Athenians had their big na- uh, power as naval. But so, like, obviously, um, yeah, like they were at a festival, which is why they didn't. They had a festival, which is why they didn't go to Marathon at the time. So right. I think that's another reason they're like, screw it, we're not waiting again. Because um, the Athenians and Spartans were quite um, competitive. Well, were like rivals, weren't they? They were, but they worked together when yeah. the. Persians well, it's a fr- came. like a friendly, friendly rivalry. Or yes. Like a, yeah. A brotherly yeah. rivalry. Yeah. When Until the after the Persians. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. in the end, um, there's the. There's the Peloponnesian War, isn't there, where they fight each other eventually. Which I always found funny because, uh, like, the Athenians, they basically beat the Persians both times. I mean, and then, but, like, they did it through naval battle and they established this empire. Mm. So Sparta just goes over by land and beats the crap out of them. Mm. (laughs) You know, because they, like, there's no ocean, you know, between Sparta and Athens. Yeah. But, yeah. No, it's interesting. Um, Ray, did you get a chance to watch this movie? Oh no, no, sorry, Dave. Yeah, I yeah. Didn't, um... No, it's okay. I, I, it's, it, it was, it's. Look, if you like your sorted sandal picks, like your Ben Hurs, your Spartacuses, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a rank below them. Would you agree, Rich? But it's very watchable. You know. Um, I reckon it is, but it's also the genesis of that. So yeah. you, you can definitely see because some of it is copied verbatim. Uh, by Frank Miller, so yeah. it, there's there's some dialogue, there's some scenes and stuff that that's ripped from it, but uh, it's definitely you can see where like oh, 
the origin is basically you know what i mean it's it's like it's a lot of fun watching golden age and maybe bronze age oh yeah it's a lot I of think, fun um, i mean i'm i'm gonna be more down on it than you guys well, go uh, for that it. being said go for it man. i didn't i didn't hate it or anything but like i have seen my share of old films like uh very old films sometimes and i thought this was kind of poor in terms of especially the battles i thought they were poor even compared to other epics yep. around the same time uh-huh uh, which I thought was unfortunate uh, because I don't think it would be that hard to do like a cool looking formations and stuff. Uh, and, but you know, it, I prefer it to the Zack Snyder film because I am a stickler for historical accuracy, which is why I don't watch historical films that much. And this, like there was obviously as Richard, there was a lot of romanticizing and they left a lot of stuff out, Sure, but it was, you know, oh, it was at least decided, that's that's he just copied um Frank Miller's one, so that's but he, he was even less accurate than Frank Miller, like he would just omit oh, yeah, any yeah. references to like Athenians or other Greeks, basically. Um, and but like this was, I thought the acting was really good. Uh, some changes mm. annoy me, there's some Hollywood tropes that I never really liked, like Xerxes is just a blank character. You know, he's just, haha, I'm evil. Oh, yeah, and, no, Xerxes uh, in the 300 Spartans is, is he certainly is the figure he is in 300, the movie or book, yeah? Yeah, the, but, like, the the real history, like, is still more interesting and better than any of these adaptations, oh, no, uh, yeah, I think. In, real, in, in reality, Xerxes was a much more complex Oh, yeah. Uh, so it, yeah. It always annoys me that they don't use that to make a better movie, you know, because, um, but, like... I get that you don't want your bad guys to be too nuanced, but at the same time, um, anyway, uh, like it was all right. I'll, I'll give it a five. Uh, like the acting carried it for me. Yeah. And the fact that they, the setup was pretty good as well. Yeah. Ironically, I think it fell a bit flat after the setup. So. I, I felt the, the, you know where I felt the, uh, we, not weakness where, where the movie wasn't strongest was in the battle scenes. Um, and yeah, the they're, ending, they're weak. yeah, the ending especially I felt was very lightweight. Um, I, I liked the build-up much more than the actual payoff, and I did think Xerxes was underwhelming. And I mean, I know a little bit from my own, you know, studies about Xerxes, and he was a real yeah. tough customer. Um, you know, like he was a very successful. I mean, this was a huge stain on him. This failed invasion, but up until that point, I mean, he was a very successful. Um, you know. Uh, well, I mean, look, to King? be fair, like, a lot of it is romanticized or downplayed. I mean, for God's sakes, Leonidas was, like, he died much earlier than that final battle in in reality. Yeah. Um, I don't think he did. I think uh, he was still there at the end. Like, like uh, no, 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 cause... no. I mean, but at the final battle, he was, like, one of the first to die. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's the last one to die. Like, that's what I mean in that... In yeah. the final battle, he was like one of the first to die, and yeah. obviously they romanticized it, like he's got to be the last one standing. But you know, let's be honest, that's a Hollywood. That you yeah, know, that's but I but I think that they made a mistake in making him one of the first to die in this movie, in the in the final battle. I I don't know. I oh, that's like the execution. That's, you know, yeah. the execution was a bit clumsy, but I I kind of liked it. I think I think if anything, like a few more like. A few more people should have died with him because he was the only one that died, which is a bit weird. But like, if he went down with like a few people, maybe like the 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 guy they gave the romance romance subplot to, maybe if he went down with him at the start. Uh, I mean, I'm just glad they killed everyone because you know Hollywood they love their happy endings. 
Yeah, but so, that's that's baked into the legend, though, that the 300 who oh, yeah, fight yeah. to Oh, yeah, last. you never know with Hollywood. Hollywood yeah. might show to people and go, I don't like it. I want a happy ending. Fine, let's film the happy ending. Yeah, but <laughs> exactly. I, never underestimate them. <laughs> I, I I agree, but it's that old saying, like, if it's a choice between, um, you know, the truth and the legend, print the legend. Um, and the legend is they bravely fought to the last man kind of thing. It's kind of like uh, the Alamo, you know? Mm. It's similar. Like it's like it's, that's well, part no, of the I mean, glory the of the story. Are definitely more fun because they legends. I mean, yeah. I, as I said, I'm very versed in like the romance of the Three Kingdoms period in in um, yeah. ancient China, and that shit is heavily romanticized and 100 uh, like legendized, if you want to call it or whatever, with yeah. tales that clearly didn't happen. But it it does make it certainly more fun. It certainly makes it far more epic and entertaining. Well, that's um, the power of myth, you know. almost. You know. Like, I think, but I mean, I do feel I do. I think, but it's different though. I, I guess I think what Connor said is that like the problem with a lot of people is they only know the legend. Sure. Um, where yeah. you should like, yeah, legends are f- are fun, but it you should also educate yourself on what the actual. I hear like, what I hear what you're saying. I, I yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. If it, it, I agree, like it's like. You know, I love my Roman stuff and Caesar and all that, mm-hmm. and all the different versions of they like Hollywood has gone through various fucking phases of telling that story so many times over, and you know, each time slightly different events, you know, slightly different angles they play on it, blah blah blah. But like, as opposed to if you want the history of it, like to me, it's like if I'm watching the movie of the dramatization of something i'm I, I want the movie you know i don't i'm not i don't care so much i understand three people might become one person but if i'm reading a, a book like how i'm reading how rome fell i i want the details i want the facts as we understand them you know i think what matters is like less the minute details like stuff like leonidas not dying at the very start of the final stand like that doesn't really matter what does matter is stuff like you know the thespians making their last stand with them like omitting that i think is something because i think like uh a lot of people do just believe what they see on screen that's true yeah like we might not but a lot of people do and i think there's a certain responsibility not to rewrite history you know you can embellish certain things and stuff but i think there's just a there's a line there and they just go too far too much i'll tell you an example of a movie uh, my first thing I ever got in, interested in ancient history was actually Alexander the Great. I read a book on him, yeah, uh, and I was honestly, it was yeah, it was honestly that one of the best books I've ever read. I was so fascinated. I knew nothing about Alexander the Great before I started the book, and by the end of the book, I knew a lot about Alexander the Great. And so, I've always loved that story, you know, because I think it's so amazing what he did, you know. Anyway, thirty years later. You know, they did the movie with Oliver Stone. I was so disappointed in that film. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's an example of how it was just a failure. And it's such a great story. And I was just like, I was in the cinema and I'm just like, man, this almost couldn't have been worse, you know, um, for such an amazing story that I really yeah. think should be told as a TV series because it's such a long story in terms of, he, he travels so far and achieves so much that that's not one movie. That's like, if you get a season of TV, you could tell that story, I think. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the, yeah, that's the thing lies with Romance of the Three Kingdoms is that uh, they've made that into a TV show in China a lot. 
Mm. Uh, but every time they try to make a movie, it's like one tiny fraction yeah. Yeah. of something yeah. that spans like yeah. decades. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, something like Arizona the Great, you can't tell it in a movie. Mm. Something like 300 Spartans, you can if yeah, you, you can. just want to focus on that moment yeah. of, you know, that's why a lot of the Red Cliff is the thing that gets focused on a lot in like Romans of the Kingdom. So it's the big naval battle versus Tao Tao. And like most movies are focused around that big battle. Um, but yes, a TV show. I think there should be far more TV shows, like with either Caesar or uh, Alexander the Great or Cleopatra, because you get far more detail then. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely interesting. Look, I'm glad I watched it because I love a sword and sandals pick. I didn't know it existed. Um, I only found it out in research for this show, and um, yeah, it's you know it was it was fun. I mean, I I do think Richard Egan did a very good Leonidas, and it's <laughs> different Leonidas to Jared Butler. Um, uh, such an amazingly different. Uh, was it? Oh, Clive Owen. Sorry, no, it was Clive Owen, wasn't it? Who was? No, who, it was, no, it was, no, it was, it was Butler. 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 Yeah, okay. So it's such a remarkably oh. different. Well, you know, that's uh, what I said. I kind of feel like, the, yeah, the fight scenes are bad, but I do feel this one's a little bit more grounded in reality. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. And, and so, like, uh, so he's Leonidas is a little bit more, I guess, more stoic, but more realistic. Whereas Gerard Butler's. Leonidas is very over the top, grandiose. Um, you know that, like, uh, speechify. You know what I mean? Like, rah rah the troops, which is fine. But he does seem a bit more of a caricature mm. in that, which is fine because that's you kind of what you're going for in those movies. Or, or uh, mm. Frank Miller's one is a bit more. Everyone's a bit of a caricature, but yeah. this one is a little bit more ground. Like when I say grounded, I mean as grounded as you can be when you're telling mm. a Hollywood sort of story, but uh, yeah, I, th- he, I thought it was fantastic as King Leonidas. So, Rich, out of yeah. 10, what are you giving the 300 Spartans? Uh, for me, it's a 7. Same score as me, actually. Mine's a 7. Uh, what did you say, Connor? Uh, 5. 5 from you, and Ray um, is no result. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, oh yeah, just to mention, just a quick mention, the show Justified. Uh, Rich, you've been telling me to watch this for about 10 years. Um yeah, something like that. Yeah, I started watching it. Very good, man. Very good. Oh. What's, um, it, what's it about? It's I look. Firstly, I thought it was a. Uh, I'm such an idiot. I I always thought this show was set in the Wild West, like back in the days of the Wild West. It's set now. He's just a bit of a gunslinging kind of cop. Is that basically it, Rich? Like it's just. Well, when you say now, now fifteen years ago, yeah, yeah, but contemporary yeah. times, you know. Um, yeah, he's a cop, Rich, would you describe it as he gets, so he's a, you know. He's a cop that comes back to sort of the town that he grew up in. Yeah. As the sort of sheriff, the lawman, you know, basically, you know, but it's a police department or, you know, sheriff department and all that. And he's come back and he's, uh, and so there's a lot of people that he knows there, you know, people that used to go to school with now, like maybe like a, a crime sort of boss or, yeah, you know, shady and all that sort of crap. And it, so it's basically, it's a cop show, but, um. Uh, it's a cop show where a lot of the people sort of know each other, <laughs> like the good and the bad guys, yes, kind of thing and all that. Um, a very interesting show, very. It's good, and um, Ooh. Timothy Oliphant, who I like from Santa Clarita, Clarita mm-hmm. Diet yeah, and other things. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's put its way it's right. Good. It's well worth watching. Yeah, yeah. I see, Walter, uh, Walter Goggins is on there as well. And you know yep, what? Yep. Rich, if you'd live with that, I would have watched this show a million years ago. So I love one Walter well, Goggins. How the hell was I supposed to know that you've never yeah. mentioned his name before? Yeah, uh, well, maybe check the tapes on the show because I've mentioned <laughs> he he did he's in the thing called The Shield, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. 
And, and yet, you, every time you've mentioned the Shield, you've never mentioned his name. I normally mention Michael Chiklis, but, um, <laughs> the, you know, and, like, I'm not going to say it's a mark against you, Rich, but you didn't advertise it well, you know? And I thought it was a Wild West show. I didn't know I'd have all the goggles. Don't blame me. I've recommended you lots of things when it comes to the party late for, okay? Don't blame me. Well, I'll slightly blame you if that's okay, but um, all in all, I blame myself more than anything. And, <laughs> you know, but, like, hey, the dreams happen. I'm here. Am I a bit late to the party, Rich? Yeah, a couple of days. Yeah, sure. But um, how, how long? How long did it go for? Is it like a few seasons? Yeah, quite a few seasons. Yeah, and they've, okay. they've come back cool. and done a bit more. In fact, that's where I realised it was actually worth watching. They did. They're doing some, or just they did some more recently. Like they did like a little bit, a bit extra. You know what I mean? Or they're doing a bit extra. I think they're shooting it now. Ooh, and six um, seasons. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then I, well, I read I it. Hang on, sorry. I think it did five seasons, and the sixth season is the one that they came to later. Later, yeah. Okay, two thousand fifteen was a. Uh... Oh no, no, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And he was talking about it the other day. Timothy Oliver was talking about it. Um. So yeah. Anyway, I'm there cool. now. In the wake. Um, Go ahead. Sorry, yeah. Dave. I got an answer for you oh. about the thespian thing. Yeah. Uh, so thespians and thespians as in actors is just a coincidence because yeah. uh, they're named wow. after Thespis, who was the first, who they believe was the first person on stage, and he was not born uh, in Thespia. Okay. Yeah, what the first actor of all time? Yeah, which is pro- <laughs> which is probably like folklore, but yeah, like. Come on, you can't tell me the cavemen didn't have like a jester that they would kick around <laughs> well, and stuff. You know, so he was he was the jester. first the first actor on stage. On like, in there. Was he playing? Society. Was he doing Shakespeare? <laughs> no, pre Shakespeare. <laughs> well, what, what material would he have had? Did he write his own no. stand up comedy almost? Just a well. Remember yeah, this? Like a it was like a transition because uh, theater came from like it was part of religious festivals. Oh, so. Like they would recite uh, prayers and hymns and stuff, and obviously that would have transitioned to. So we're counting you know, that, though. I don't count uh, that as proper stage. That's a that's that's a religious ceremony. No, but this is the guy who was the first on like the. <laughs> was he the first guy to break <laughs> out of the mold and go? I'm doing a show. Yes, he was the first poet. He was the first poet who. He was the first person playing an actor. Like he was the first actor in a play. Okay. Well then, we That's give it to him. Okay, the one man play, yeah. a one manner. Thespians. Uh, yes, they started off as one man. So, wow, that's a that's, big. That's just that's just a seminar. Can you imagine Ray <laughs> being the first guy to say, you know what, I got a bit of material, I'm going to stand up and perform? Yeah, it's a stand up comedy. Yeah, like <laughs> and, like at first people were like, what's going on here? I thought it was a religious festival. No, 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 guys, <laughs> let me tell you what happened to me down at the forum. <laughs> no, what? no, you got to. He's got to sound more like Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> What's the deal with these gods? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, well, give it up to Thespis, who started the trend, which is part Thespis. of the reason we're still here, talking about Ant-Man and fucking yeah. Shuri and all the other shit all actors out to, there. Thanks to Thespis. There'd be no Wakanda forever without Thespis. Oh. Without Thespis. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But there'd also be no Nick Cage, so, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the wake of the success of last year's Scream revival, Sony Pictures is dusting off its horror franchise from the same period with plans for a new entry in the I Know What You Did Last Summer franchise. Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. are reportedly in talks to reprise their roles in the project, which is still in the early development stage but will be a legacy sequel that passes the torch a la Scream 
or Creed. Mm. Um, can I say this? Jennifer Love Hewitt is currently in nine one one, and she's still very fetching. Um, oh. Still very. I've always loved her. Um, fabulous, fabulous. Bird Paradise, Dave. Fabulous. Did you watch Bird, Birds of Paradise? I did not watch it. I watched my fair share of oh. Ghost Whisperer. Um, oh. I've had her in my dreams since the early late nineties. Um, <laughs> I used to watch her in Party of Five. I mean, I'll say it now, fantastic breasts. Um, you know, that has to be said, I think. And still, still looks good. Wouldn't kick her out of bed. Good actress. Punches the lines. Does a job. Goes home to her family. She's an inspiration of millions. Um, I'm glad she's back for, for I know, what you did last summer. Rich, you going to be there at cinemas? Uh, no, sorry, man. I stopped listening when you said what? Scream. <laughs> well, this isn't Scream. This is I know what you did last summer. No, but you said Scream and I switched off. Why? You know I love Scream. Yeah, you wouldn't have heard it. Yeah, but I don't, so that's Come why I don't understand why you you're know, confused. But part of the problem is, let me let me explain this to you, 300 shows in. you got to fake it till you make it. You know what I mean? So if I'm bringing up news items, I want interaction. I don't want... Listen, oh, I don't Dave, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you've got lots of experience faking it, but... <laughs> yeah, Rich, I, I never faked it either, yeah, so... Disappointing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Connor, uh, what's your attitude towards the... I know what you did last summer. Uh... Do we need it? I don't know what you did last summer <laughs> revival. That's my question. <laughs> it has been a little... The franchise has lain low for a while, I would suggest. Mm. I think, um, you know, especially with horror, like I'm a, I, I've seen a lot of slashes and stuff, like a lot of trash horror, and, you know, make, make new things. We don't need to revive Halloween. You know, we thought we wanted Halloween. Right. And then we got it, and it was like, oh. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, just... I think it's a problem in general, though, with, like, just reviving old franchises instead of trying to get new hits, because I guess getting new hits is a lot harder mm. than just mm. slapping... I know what you did last summer on it, or Star Wars, or whatever, so... Uh, I, I, but yeah. I, I... I mean, I wouldn't say no to Jennifer Love Hewitt turning up. Uh, I think they've got to play up a sexiness factor, um, <laughs> you know, to, to make sort of people be interested in this franchise um that that makes more sense to me than reviving i know what you did last summer like the idea of using an actor <laughs> you mm. know to get crowds well yeah that's what the, well definitely you know i mean like, freddie, who, freddie, freddie prince jr is basically not even barely working you know like, like he's almost done yeah how many people care like who was asking for i know what you did last summer revival like, uh, how many actually, people would care? they've already technically had a revival because there's a tv show yeah, there was oh. a, a poorly oh. received. There was a poorly received TV show. Guys, type in Jennifer Love Hewitt twenty twenty three, and you'll see what I'm saying. She's still got it, big time. I don't doubt she's attractive, but I will type <laughs> it in. Like I'm not. I don't think you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just type it in. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you, Ray, for being part of the fun. I'm just saying, I'm a fan. You know, whenever she's on screen in in nine one one, and she only has a sort of smallish role, I always say Gee, she's still a very good looking young lady. I said she's still got a look. I always said to Michelle, she's still got a looks. And Michelle's like, you don't have to say it every time. I'm like, well, <laughs> it's true, though. Um, so I'm excited. I don't know about anyone else. Uh, Ray, will you be there? Catch on streaming, um, maybe, Ray? You know? Probably. Look, I, I see. I know what you did last time. I, you know, I, I rode that train as well when it came out. Good. And that was off the back of, let's face it, Scream. To me, yeah, it was like the poor, yeah. man's, poor man's version of Scream. It was, it was like, it was, yep. let's try and cash in on the um, success that this kind of new horror you know kind of wave of films come in so yeah, it was okay i mean it wasn't it wasn't 
Great, but um, yeah, we'll, I'll watch it again. I mean, I watched the whatever they come up with. I, 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 I watched, uh, I still yeah. know what you did last summer, which was the sequel they put out like about a year later. Because they did, I know what you did oh, last yeah, summer. Oh, yeah, I still saw know that. what you did last yeah. summer. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was yeah. pretty cool. They did a lot of those movies in, around that time period. There was quite Final Destination. Yeah, it was a bit of a boom for. It was for about for about um, six years. Yeah, yeah, it was actually creating new like mm. horror horror yeah. films. So yeah, hundred percent. Now, um, I, I will say this: um, I saw a fucking funny post on Facebook. Where this guy said, "If you're looking forward to Creed three, dot dot dot, you're a fucking moron." <laughs> <laughs> and I was, just, I, I just love it sometimes when people people just cut through the shit. I saw um, Michael B. Jordan the other day. He goes, oh, yeah, we took a lot of inspiration from Street Fighter scenes in Creed 3, and I was just like, what a fucking stupid comment. Like, uh, I was just like, what a path- I actually thought, what a pathetic comment. You know, like, oh, yeah, we're watching a lot of Street Fighter to, to pump up for this. I'm like, yeah, what are you going to be doing? Like, what are they called? Um, Hadoukens. Hadoukens and shit. No, yeah. no, no, I think he was sure talking about Rock, wasn't he? I don't know. I don't know what Blanca. he was talking about. <laughs> I yeah I I mean I'm a big Rocky fan I have all of them and I like I always preferred when they had the more less ridiculous boxing. Um, I mean I'll watch Creed three because like barely anything comes out that I have any interest in watching. Like I just don't care. So like with Creed three, it's like it's a movie that I watch even though I think it's going to be bad. Are you referring to just Um, all pop culture when you say that? (laughs) uh, Well, just. No, no, I, I don't know. Like, I just there hasn't been many movies coming out the past few years that I've thought, oh, I really want to see that. Like, oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear. Like the last one I could think of was like Pig with Nicolas Cage. Right. And what was it called? All right. Pig. pig. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that uh, his pig gets stolen. His that that, that pig. got a bit of award um, stuff. <laughs> heat. I don't think it was as good as everyone was saying, but it's worth watching. I, I've never watched it, but uh, but I do want to watch um, a couple of his movies that he's done. He's done some decent movies recently. He's um, in a bit of a renaissance. Face off. I love face off. Oh, great face off is great. Great yeah. fucking film, right? Yeah. Well, he's having yeah. a renaissance because he can now pick the movies he wants to be in because he doesn't owe the fucking government any money. That's anymore. exactly right, Rich. And he'll. I think there's also the fact he'll still do anything. So all these small-time filmmakers have clued on. Yeah. Mm. And they're like, oh, he'll do this like small project I have, and that's how we get like pig. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Interesting times we live in. Um. Now we have a Star Trek. Classic episode review, Charlie X. Mm. Connor, this is your chance to shine, my friend. Give us the elevator pitch. I watched this at my parents' uh, two sittings, and uh, my dad actually watched the end of it. His comment wasn't too bad. That was what he said <laughs> at the end. <laughs> I don't think he's ever watched Star Trek in his life. You know, he's like, There's... what is this, Star Wars? I'm like, Star Trek, Dad. <laughs> he's, he's feeling the, like, parental cosmic horror that the episode offers. Maybe <laughs> maybe Charlie reminds me of bring, raising you when you're oh, a lad, well. you know? Oh, wow. Uh, so Charlie X, I remember the first time I saw it, I didn't think much of it. And to be fair, that was coming off episodes like where no man has gone before. So, yeah. um, but my friend saw Charlie X and it's still probably his favorite episode or like in his top three. And I'm like, I'll give another shot because he's a big sci-fi guy. Mm. And I... Like, it's not one of the best episodes, but I think it's pretty good. And the, the premise for people who are listening is basically they get this, and this happens a lot in the original series, uh, this godlike entity who can pretty much do anything. And But he's like this pouty adolescent, and Kirk has to kind of 
take him under his wing and be like a father figure. And at least there's like a lot of good scenes like the judo uh, session and uh, Spock playing the instrument. And there's like a lot of these fun scenes that are laden with like horror because he can do anything and he'll like kill people, you know? So that's my all over the place pitch. But yeah, I, I enjoyed watching it. Mm, definitely. Um, like I'd not seen it to be honest, or if I had seen it, I've seen it 30 years ago and forgotten it. I thought yeah. it was a good solid episode of original series. Um, it ticks all the bases and it was, it had the scene with Spock playing the harp and, um, mm. God, what's her name? Um, she was, Uhura. Yeah. I was like, so she yeah. has a switchboard singing. I was like, wow, I had not ever seen that sort of angle in the original series that I remembered. I was like, Really, I, I I got a lot out of that scene actually, and I felt it was a interesting idea and um, well executed, uh, very good, yeah. you know, competent episode of of original series. Not one of my personal favourites, but good solid TV. And I turned around to my dad at the end because I was thinking it wasn't too bad. What do you think? It wasn't too bad. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not a sci-fi guy. He's not an anything I, guy. I, I like the, the 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 kid that I got to play. Um, mm. uh, Charlie, because Charlie, he, he just looks so creepy. So yeah, it was like, a little shit. Uh, that, you could tell that look that he could give was uh, quite. Uh, he rolls his eyes up. This guy's this this kid's like whacking the head. I he's got a big head yeah. as well, like literally, like his head's big. Uh. Well, yeah. the top of his yeah. head is big. It's not like an entirely big head. It's like yeah. the bottom half is normal, and then the top half where the cranium is is like bigger. Mm. Yeah, and it was interesting. Like um, leader, like the leader. Yeah, it was a bit like the leader, like actually. The, yes. I mean, yeah. Not that bad, but yeah. <laughs> yes, it was like the junior leader. Um, it was interesting when he made people disappear. I was like, shit, this guy's not playing. Like, he can no. actually just make people sort of zap them away. He zapped them back at the end, didn't he? Uh, so, no, his, uh, the people who raised him did. The actual theologians. Okay, but they couldn't. They couldn't rescue the original ship that he was on no. that got destroyed. Okay, right. Because that was like too many people. Yeah. yeah, and I've got a question. So, in rewatching the episodes, the blonde one, the one who he specs on the ass, that was kind of funny. Oh, Beehive. Yeah. So is she? She's in more than one episode, isn't she? I feel yeah, like I've seen uh, her. She's Yeoman. She's in love with Kirk. Yeah, Yeoman Rand. Ah, uh, she. Yeah. Uh, ended up leaving the show. There's no real concrete concrete answer. Uh-huh. Like it's just one of those kind of things. I think like, she, oh. just, she wasn't getting a bigger part, or the part wasn't big enough, and so she, I think she left or something. Or the part. I've also heard like alcohol problems at the time. Right. There's like all. Uh, uh, but if, yeah, they all had alcohol problems at that time. Yeah. Uh, she did come back for Wrath of Khan, though. Did she? Mm. Oh, you know yes. what? I, that that makes me because I love that movie, and. That's actually the first Star Trek thing I ever saw, and I would like to watch that uh, and just see that. So, because she's in a couple of the episodes that I've seen recently, yeah. But I feel like she's not in all the seasons. Is she? She leaves. I think no, she's she's pretty big in the first season, and then it just yeah. sort of dwindles to the fact where she just disappears. It right. might be like the first ten episodes or so. Okay. Um, but I I loved like the awkwardness as well, like how. Kirk's trying to tell Bones to explain adolescence to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Bones has to explain, like, why you can't slap women on the <laughs> butt. Like, it's... <laughs> it's awesome. So I'm looking at this. She was she appeared in eight of the first 15 episodes, which matches. It was close. Uh, after, yeah, yeah you, were, you were super fucking close, Connor. A lot <laughs> closer than I ever am, and I, that's you're definitely a win for you. 
Um, after which she was released from contract. She said that while still under contract, she was sexually assaulted by an executive associated with the series. Later in a public interview, she stated that Lena Nimoy had been her main source of support during that time. She went into further details about the assault in her book, The Longest Trek, but refused to name the executive, saying in the book, this is my story, not his. She returned, uh, she did some conventions in the 70s, and then she reprised her role in the motion picture. She also appeared in Star Trek 3, Star Trek 4, and Star Trek 6. The Tony Wrath of Khan was like one of the only ones she didn't appear in. Did I get that wrong? According to, <laughs> according to this, yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I but, didn't know yeah. about the sexual assault. That's a, it's a shame to hear, but it's not surprising. It's not I surprising. Guess, and you know. by the way, uh, much though he's greatly admired, Gene Roddenberry was a casting couch director. Uh, and was he? Producer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I did yeah. not know that. Oh, big time. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, it is what it is, you know. Flavor of the times, man. But um, oh, well, he's dead now. So. He's he's dead, man. He, he cashed in in the nineties. Yeah, no, he was a casting couch guy for sure. Uh, that's on the public record. Um, now turning over to you, Ray. Did you watch this episode? And what did you think? Oh no, sorry, sorry, Dave. Whoa, <laughs> whoa! That, but you knew about the head. Trek. You knew about the head. How? Oh, I think because you you were describing oh, it. Right. Uh, Rich, Rich was describing the big the big head, <laughs> and I just you... got a picture of the leader. You, you were so out, convincing. Ray, it was pretty good. You were uh, so convincing, it? Ray, that I was because I didn't think you were a Star Trek guy. I was like, "Well, Ray's <laughs> I'm not, watch this." Yeah, I'm not so sorry. Yeah. The problem with Star Trek, if you haven't gotten into it by now, it's just so yeah. fucking much. It's like, oh, it's come so, on, yeah. bothered. Like, I I got into it late in life. That said, I'm only really into the original series. Mm. So. Yeah, but you see, so you can find. See, I find the. I got, I did watch all the originals way back in the day, but I really got into Next Gen, and I've never yeah. really gotten into anything since Next Gen. I've watched stuff, but I, I just, I fade out. I don't care. I'm just like, I watched a bit of Voyager. I gave up. I watched a bit of Deep Space Nine. One of my best mates back back in um in uni, they were they were all into Deep Space Nine, and I was always just like, no thanks. Like, they're stuck on a plate. Like, I'm such an idiot. Like, I was just like, they're stuck on a space station. They're not traveling in space. Like, as if they're really traveling in space in, like, Star Trek. And I was just like, nah, no thanks. You and, know, I... Sorry, go on. No, I'm just saying. I, I, I've i never... And Discovery, like, I, I really... I watched all the next-gen movies, every single one, and I just sort of have never really re-engaged since then. Yeah. I, um... So I watch I watch Star Trek with the family sometimes because everyone generally likes it, yeah. uh, except my granddad doesn't like it and he's over oh, ninety, dude. and uh, he's he's he never really says anything though he's super chilled out yeah. unlike me, and uh, we're watching uh, I think Balance of Terror yeah and Kirk delivers this really great you know kind of philosophical monologue about being in space and then he just goes there's nothing as fucking boring as being a spaceman, and that was like. We'd never heard him complain about anything. And then Star Trek elicited like this hostile reaction from him. Wow. So I don't know. <laughs> not his cup of tea. Fuming on the inside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not his cup of tea at all. No, absolutely not. No. A- out of ten, what are you giving this episode, Connor? Oh, jeez. I mean Come like, on. okay. Regular TV standards, like an eight point five by Star Trek TOS standards. Maybe like a seven point five. Yep. That's a, you know that's a very good way to look at it because like yes I, I'm marking it against the Star Trek original series 
I consider it an sort of upper mid tier. I'd give it a seven point yeah. five. But you are right. If I'm judging it against, I don't know, the latest fucking episode of NCIS LA, um, <laughs> it's getting like an eight point five. Um, Rich, what are you giving it? Uh, sorry, I'm just looking up. Other than mm. Nichelle Nichols' claim to have slept with Roy, there's no other claim of him sleeping with any other actress on the show. Oh no, but there's a lot of alle- there's a lot I mean, of allegations. I know that you general. like to read between the lines, but she's the only actress to say that. Oh no, there's a lot of there's a lot of no. You're you're getting one side. There's a lot of people who've said shit about Jen Roddenberry, man. Like a lot. Mm. Yeah, it's out there, man. No, anyway. I've been looking since you guys have been talking. We have no confirmed cases of sexual assault or rape, but we have. It doesn't need to be sexual assault. It could just be like, do you, do you want this job? I'm just saying, for something that you say is common knowledge, I didn't hear about it until you said it for the first time now. So, well, here we go. The Roddenberry reputation. Look at this, dude. It, it is common knowledge in Star Trek fandom. Um, yeah, there's plenty of people. Um, Roddenberry had a sex rap, cheated like crazy, blah blah blah. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff. Yes, the guy had a casting couch and he was shameless about it. Blah blah blah. And it's all tied a lot into as well. Oh, um... okay. I got it. I got it. Okay. So just bullshit claims. Got it. <laughs> what a moment, is it? Just want to make sure I understood that we weren't actually talking about evidence. We were talking about bullshit claims. Okay. That's fine. Uh, yeah. For me, this is an eight out of 10. Eight. Nice. Yeah. You know, we'll see. He also boasted a lot about it too, Richard. So there's a lot of. There was. Jen Roddenberry was like a flawed human and being. And yet, only one person has come forward and said that they slept together, and that was one of the main actresses who then broke it off. So they were essentially dating. Yeah. Um, just interesting that that's the only person to claim it. So yeah. just saying. I don't think that the claim is rape. I think the claim was inappropriate behavior. No, she, I didn't say she said rape. She yeah. said that they were sleeping together, but she broke it off. So essentially, that's a relationship is what I'm saying. That's not a couch. You don't stay in a relationship with a casting couch. Casting couch is like, do you want the job? Okay. You know. Sl- oh, is that what it means, Dave? Yeah. Oh, my God. I had no idea. Thank you so much for clearing the, that up. I had no I, idea what casting couch means. But that's his reputation. I Like, you know. No, 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 no. Uh, what I'm saying is that's his reputation, but it's not fact is what I'm saying. I'm just clarifying that. The way you said it, I yeah. had to look it up. That was fact, like an actual well, it's, it's fact factual to the, thing, it's, but it's, it's fact not. to those people who've claimed it. Like what? No one's know? claimed it except for one person said they slept together. That's why I don't understand where you get your facts from. Well, I'm Didn't you say Roddenberry bragged about it? I mean, yeah, isn't there, that there's, like admittance? Yeah, like there, in, there's... A, like, and yet you, no one corroborated his story, so I mean, how bad must he have been to shag then? Okay. Roddenberry was a philanderer and a womanizer and an adulterer who had numerous affairs with actresses and assistants throughout his Hollywood career. And, you know, there's a quote. I don't know, man. Like, anyway, moving on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, but that is like, in all fairness, I'm not saying anything that's not out there in the Star Trek fandom. No, I sorry. I just have to look up things when people say things are facts when there's no actual evidence. It's just speculation and rumor and talk. And well, there's people saying it happened, you know, and and like in the happened, but no one has said that it's happened to them, Dave. Mm. No person has come forward and said it happened to me. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. It's pretty much an open secret that both Michelle Barrett and Nicole Nichols got their parts on, on Roddenberry's casting couch, and he pretty much chased any tale he could get away with, and that he's far from being the only offender among Trek producers in this area. And there's a quote. I don't know. There's a lot. Like, what I'm saying is, is a reputation, is all I'm saying. You know, what, why that is, who knows. But also. There's, there's only so much we could all. 
discuss yep. without any yep. concrete, you know. Or, mm. But taking a, a, outside of that, I tell you what Roddenberry was, outside of any of that, he was a very complex character who also, when Next Gen came along, the politics in Next Gen mm. are fascinating. Like, forget about any well, casting couch stuff, just like, because he was sick. What happened? He, well, he was sick and he was old and he'd been trying to get Star Trek back on the air for fucking uh-huh. ages. And, the, like, he was losing control of the franchise and it was becoming more of a studio, but he was still involved. So the first couple of seasons of, of Next Gen, there's tons of just background stuff, not just him. Like, the, the, they're in that. There's actually a documentary. I think it's called Chaos on the Bridge. They go into it, but there's a lot of stuff that was going on behind the scenes in Next Gen in the first two seasons. And a lot of it was related to Roddenberry, who was old and sick and losing control of the franchise, but still sort of heavily sort of... He was kind of like very heavily involved very early on and didn't want to get his mitts off it, and they sort of forced it off him. And it's really interesting because he was a... Yeah, he was a he was a complex character, as anyone who studies him will quickly find out. Like, he was not a... You know, he wasn't a nice guy. He was a, you know, he was a control freak. And uh, it's interesting. But anyway, I mean, none of this is, none of this is unknown. It's all, it's pretty well known. But like, if you want to get into the nitty gritty, Richard, check out the stuff on Next Gen because that's the fascinating stuff. Because he's not a young man anymore, or he's middle aged. He's old and he's sick, and they're trying to get the franchise out of him. And you know, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. You know, and financially, he had plenty of improprieties too. Like, it's every- funny. Sorry, go on. No, no, go ahead. Go. So it's funny, like how because we talked about earlier how Star Trek really paints this optimistic picture. Oh of yeah, that's the, the irony. Picture. Yeah, yeah, that's the irony. And behind the scenes, it's just like full of jerks and you know. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Like the thing was, like he was kind of like yeah, he had a great vision. Like no one denies that he was hmm. fantastic vision. But like at the same time, you know, like a lot of people who make it in Hollywood, like they make it at the expense of. You know, everyone else. So, yeah. every, you know, like, so that's a, and also, but there's two sides to that because he is the one who also kept the flame alive in a lot of ways. And he cottoned on to how popular the show was in syndication. So it's 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 a really complicated story because he kind of kept alive. He realized what was happening in the conventions, he fed those flames. He managed to get... I mean, he was fighting for years. He has TV projects that went nowhere in the 70s. And then he managed to get uh, the motion picture back on, which started the chain of the 80s movies. And, like, eventually, he even managed... Even though he was losing control of the franchise, he managed to still have his fingers in it when Next Gen became a thing. So, I mean, he did as much good for Star Trek... He did a ton of good for Star Trek. Like, without Gene Roddenberry... There is no yeah, Star no. Trek. You know, there's nothing. But it's like, I mean, honestly, you look at any, like anyone of any fame and notoriety, like Frank Sinatra, we know, we we, we have a, we have a, you know, picture of Frank Sinatra. But if you went into the real details, you know what I mean? It's mm, not as rosy. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's the legend, there's the romanticized version, there's the Hollywood version, there's the version we're told you know, in movies and in his fucking bio. It's like the Brady Bunch, Dave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, we always talk about truth and like, you know, print the truth. It's like, if you take away from 
what you're force-fed in the sort of PR spin, which we all like. We like the PR spin of Frank Sinatra. But if you went into the real nitty-gritty of, like, the ins and outs of the days and the nights and the ups and the downs and the women and the oh, drugs. They're you know, human. Yeah, exactly. They're yeah, human. yeah. Like, yeah. you know, if we go through that lens, it's a different story. You know, I don't know. I, I find it interesting. What do you think, Rich? You're very silent. Oh, yeah, no. As I said, I don't I don't deal, deal in um, non-facts. That's all. I don't I don't like people claiming something's a 100% fact when there's no evidence. Right, but what if there's plenty of evidence? Okay, well, uh, yeah, yeah like I didn't, but that's my point. But if, if we're talking about Frank Sinatra, there's plenty of evidence. If there's evidence, then it's fine. But when someone says something like, it's 100% fact, and it's not, then I just, I don't know. Just, well, what if you've got a ton of women who've said it? Like, what then? Yeah, well, that's my point. If a ton of women have said that it's happened, okay. and they come out and say it, then that's a fact. If no woman comes out and says it, but then he has a reputation, I'm just saying, well, then maybe it's not a fact. Maybe it's a speculation. Maybe it's a rumor. Maybe it's a. But what if you've got like? Post, what if you've got Shatner saying it? We've we've moved no, on. No, yeah, no, 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 just, <laughs> I know, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Like, I want to. No, no. we're talking about Sinatra. Hand, so. Sinatra, you know, that's what I'm saying. Anyway. Like, you, this is the thing. Like, it's all well and good. It's all well and good to say, oh, it's, it's not a fact. It's not a fact. But then you get like many a co-star who've like actually said, yeah, he's a complete prick. You know, he's a genius. But he's a complete prick, and he fucked people over, and blah 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 blah, and it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, Jesus Christ, Dave, someone claiming that someone they work with was a prick is a hell of a lot different than someone claiming that they were fucking banging every chick that they cast for the show. It's a bit of a different. But plenty. But what I'm saying is, plenty of people involved in Star Trek have said that, like off the record, on the record, like it's a well-known man. Like, moving on. Okay. All right. Well, it's glad to see you're supporting uh, Gene Roddenberry's uh, reputation. No, I just don't support fucking people saying something's 100% fact when it's not, when it's only a rumour, speculation and bullshit. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Not saying you're wrong. Not saying you're right. I'm just saying I have an issue with people saying something is 100% fact when it's not. What would it take? To be proven in court? No, it would take all the women, to, or at least some of the women, to come forward and say, this is my name and this is what he did to me and this is how I got the thing. Right. Oh, that's fair enough. If he did it for two women, okay, fine. He did it. It doesn't mean he has a reputation of doing with every single woman that he cast. Well, he, he has a reputation, whether it's founded in oh. reality is the difference. Anyway. Yeah, okay, well, that's fine. You can say he has a, a, a rumoured reputation or yeah, that's whatever. All, that's, that's all I'm fine. saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, you use the word fact, but anyway. But reputation. He has a reputation for having a casting couch. He does. Like, it's well known. Uh, whether it's true, I guess, we'll never know. You know? Anyway... Turning to someone else who has a <coughs> storied recent past, John Cleese, who I love, uh, is rebooting Faulty Towers with his daughter. And apparently his uh, co-creator, who is his ex-wife, found out about it in the papers. I'm actually looking forward to it. Now, I am honestly wondering, because it's a beloved series, and I love it, and I like John Cleese, and I'm looking forward to it. But I know that we've had previous discussions, Rich, with Frasier. Reboot you weren't on board for? What about Full well, the Towers? Well, that's not a reboot, is it? The Frasier is a continuation, isn't it? <sighs> well, yeah, okay. It's a continuation. But whatever this is, okay, um, he's playing Basil Fawlty. What do you think? Um, so here's the thing. I'm actually I'm fine with um, British shows doing continuations years later because that's how they've always done things. Mm. Um, because they don't do, you know, 20 seasons of something or 10 seasons of something or something like that, they generally do series and there can be years in between mm. those series. So, and, and usually they'll only do one 
or two series, you know, of a show anyway before they go, all right, we're done. It's not like they're looking to do a long running format. So, I mean, if it's just one season of like six episodes or seven episodes and it is a continuation mm. of like, you know, Faulty Basil, oh, Basil Faulty. Um, yeah. Then, yeah, it'd be good for a laugh or whatever. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. British TV is a little bit different to American TV. Do you think it's too high? The only problem is it's such a high bar that he set. You know what I mean? Like there's such- That's a high bar, but I mean, if anyone can hit the bar, it is John Cleese. I agree. <laughs> I, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I'm backing. Although he is, like, I'm not going to lie, he is a little bit long in the tooth. Um, he is. He yeah. is. So that's my only concern is that can he still sort of have that same energy? I think he's left um, about 25 years too late, personally. Probably. Probably. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Ray? Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree about the age thing. Um, I'm not too sure. I mean, uh, similar. It reminds me of Blackadder. They kind of re um, revisited that like decades after, and Did it they? wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't as funny. Oh, it was like a, a one-off special episode. Oh, right. It, it wasn't that funny. Um, it's generally like you look back at the uh, the classic, the originals, and it's oh, it's God. a lot better. Um, so same with Faulty Towers. I I love Faulty Towers. You know, watched it a lot. Mm. Um, I yeah, there's a it's a high bar. I don't think they'll reach it. Uh, it will be probably just a a curiosity mm. and nostalgic kind of revisit than anything. But I'm not expecting it to be any good. Unfortunately, it's yeah. going to be hard. I will say that it, it is. Gonna it's going to be hard. I mean, you know, also the time to- uh, the um the times you know that we're we're in now and, and that sort of humour. Um, will that translate? You know, is that what they're going for? If they're going to go for something different, then, you know, that's a different beast altogether. And is that going to be as funny? He it's, has it's the reputation at the moment of he's had a little, little bit of heat on him recently being sort of anti-woke. And mm. and they were trying to paint out, oh, this, like, there was, like, a hilarious article. I, uh, one thing I do fucking hate is the left-wing press when they say Fully Towers was always a shit show. That's that that was what I saw. It won't be funny and the original wasn't either. It was a terrible show. Mm. I was like, the original is a comedy classic. You know, literally mm. it's taught in classes. It's a, almost a master class in comedy. You know what I mean? Like it, nothing yeah. can take away from the original thirteen episodes of Fully Towers. Despite what the sort of like super left wing, super woke person writing that article was was writing about. Now, I think he's gonna it's, I think it's a very tough hill to climb. I do think he's probably slightly too old, probably 20 yeah. years too old. Yep. Um, it's also sad to hear that the ex-wife, who was the co-creator and co-writer... Yeah, Connie, Connie Booth. Connie right? Booth has seems to be cut yeah. out of it completely, which is a shame if you're bothering to do it. You know what I mean? Mm. I, look, I, I understand. But hang on, but again, we don't know if maybe she signed it off, like maybe he bought it, but this is how he didn't I even tell her know. that they were doing it. Yeah. You know, like... Uh, like uh, I've heard a funny story at work like, today. Did she that, have like the rights to it? Like TCL, the company TCL just fired the Australian branch over a conference call yeah. with their shareholders. Yeah. <laughs> like so it's one of those things where maybe maybe he did get the rights off her, you know, maybe he bought out the mm. rights, but maybe it's more like the just the courtesy of just saying, Hey, yeah, definitely. I'm re I'm I'm doing the show again or I'm or whatever. I don't know. Or maybe she because I don't know, that would be a bit of a legal battle if she still owned half of it I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, ass- I'm assuming lot- he must have the rights because the BBC doesn't have the rights because he's saying yeah. he's not doing it on the BBC so I would I would mm. assume that probably at some point I'm, I'm reading here yeah. I'm sure we could find out about that he like, must have bought it out or something but he yeah. must have yeah. Yeah. yeah you would you would think so otherwise it would be 
Well, though he's just opening himself for a lot of legal battles. Yeah, there'll be a lot more to it. Like she would be, yeah, you'd imagine she'd be fighting for it or something. Potentially, maybe they. He's doing it with Rob Reiner, which is which is a good person to be doing it with. Um. Oh, by the way, Ray, did you know in the Frasier reboot, the guy that he's because he because he's um not doing it with any of the cast of Frasier. It's a completely new yeah. cast. He's brought in the guy from Only Fools and Horses, the British yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we discussed that. Yeah, yeah. He's um. Yeah, I, I had a look at him. I recognised him as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's a really interesting move. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying there, Rich. I mean, I, I think she. There's no way that she must yeah. have the right. She maybe she lost some of the divorce, or you know, that was part of the mm-hmm. settlement yeah. or something. Like, but anyway, um, I don't know. Well, Connor, have you watched Folly Towers, or is it all? Oh uh, yeah, but I, I've seen Faulty Towers. What do you think? Um, yeah, I like Faulty Towers. Uh, I mean, I'm the same as you guys. I think it's, it's going to be an uphill battle for him for it to be good and mm. well-received. So, Yeah. Mind you, I'll be watching. I'll be watching, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll tune in. Yeah, definitely. Um, what I hope it, it, it is and is just really bad. You know what I mean? Like, I could do... It's okay if it's not as good, but still good. But if it's just really bad, that'll be painful. Well, I was just mm. thinking it could be uh, one of those things where maybe him as an old man has mellowed out and his daughter's the one that's like... <laughs> oh, yeah. On ...like an absolute fool. And he's just like, gosh, was I ever like that? Or yeah. why... You, you know what I mean? Like, almost like he's re- he's become zen... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and like has a go at her for always losing it. Like you could do it. Like maybe he's not going to be the sort of boisterous, loud, obnoxious one. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, but yeah exactly. You're have to wait and see. I wonder yeah. if um, Sybil is still alive because I know Manuel's. Dead. No, I think she passed. I think she passed away as right. well. Right. Okay. I'm not too sure. Yeah. I think she did. Um, okay, because Manuel is definitely dead. Yes. And someone yeah, was saying he could play the major. <laughs> Oh well, <laughs> that, that was actually funny. I thought, like, that was a good. That was a good. Uh... Could, but it'd be like working at Bernie's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one, two, a one, two, three, four.
understand Keep dealing with the man 